Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Monday, November 6th, 2023. And I don't normally say this at the beginning of episodes, but it's episode 100 of Second and Short. And I've got my man Colin here. We're watching Sunday Night Football, Bengals Bills. Um, an interesting Damar Hamlin tribute to start the game. Tribute video seems like he's dead. He's not. Um, yeah, this is weird. We'll get to it later. We've also got NFL Week 9 to talk about Silver Slugger predictions. Uh, I think the Gold Gloves are actually coming out as we speak. They might have already come out. Um, college Football Week 10. We're going to switch things up. No more AP poll. That's useless. Our CFP Top 10. So it's going to be our personal opinion. Nobody cares what the CFP has to say because they're always wrong. Next week's best matchups as usual and stake your claim to close it out. But let's start with our favorite moments from these hundred episodes of second and short Colin, I'd like you to, to take the reins here. Yeah. So probably right now, my all time favorite moment is draft night. Yeah. On second I short. think that's the best, you know, we getting Mike Jalen, Luke Brock, everybody's yeah. coming in. And man, was that a blast. Yeah, it was a uh, super fun for me and Luke to go for three and a half hours. And like Luke Luke talked about it on the last episode for for the one year anniversary, he was like, I never would have thought that we would have wanted to keep talking more than we did. Like there was more things we could have talked about on that episode, but we filled that whole podcast content all the way through. It was it was amazing. And it, it surprised me. Yeah, I mean, and that's just one of the, like, many moments that we have. Yeah, one of my personal favorites um, is remembered in probably, I think, our most viewed uh, Instagram reel, um, where I said that Patrick Mahomes is a system quarterback in Stake Your Claim, and (laughs) Luke's reaction was just like, huh? No way you just said that. And then I was like, he is the like he is the system. You can go watch that uh, on all platforms um, <laughs> if you want to hear the rest. But um, another one, obviously, um, our most viewed clip we've ever put out, which was, um, I think, like the third, maybe fourth episode of Second and Short. Um, me and Brock were the only ones doing the podcast at that time. And... In stake your claim as well. I said that Jim Harbaugh is on the hot seat, and that has aged pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it's it. <laughs> Not it's for the same reasons I said, because I was like, at this point, there's an expectation of winning a national championship. Not at this point, you've been stealing signs for two years. But um, yeah, that that one definitely lives with me because like that was the clip that like gave me the motivation to be like, okay, like this is a real thing. This can keep going. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's always a good time, MLB season. Shit talking the Yankees. Yeah, every time. I mean, <laughs> hearing Luke just every day, just, man, what the fuck? Yeah. Man. Oh, dude, I love it. Yeah, I can't, like the so uh, the injury updates from oh, Luke, dude, yes. the, the Carlos Rodon injury saga. The, the Nestor <laughs> Cortez. Yeah. It's just like. Every day is just like, oh, yeah, we suck. Oh, Aaron Judge hit a home run. Yep. Oh, we suck. Yeah, just crazy. Um, another great memory of mine, obviously the first episode, but 
Um, that was super fun. I feel like I had to mention that one. But each episode where I brought in a new host, the, the first episode with Luke was awesome, super fun. Never would have imagined, you know, when I first thought of it, that he'd be a part of it. Now he is, you know, full time. And then bringing you on full time after so many guest hosts, <laughs> so many times I, you guest hosted. I finally got my shot. You know, yeah. I, I know, I know I bugged you a little bit. I'm like, Hey man, when I'm, I'm like, come on, when we, when we run in it, there was definitely some times where I was like, Colin, you got to stop asking or I'm not going to let you come on. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, um, you know, with Brock having to, to leave the podcast, I, I knew for sure it was going to be you next up that I asked. So I'm so glad you're part of it. It's one of our biggest episodes is when you came on as the full-time co-host. So, um, yeah, that's a great moment for me because, like I shared on the the first or on the uh, Friday episode, me and Colin have known each other for like going on fifteen years, yeah. which is crazy because <laughs> I'm twenty years old. That yeah. is three fourths of my life <laughs> spent with this idiot. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> idiots. All right, to. Round out my favorite moments is when, you know, we recorded a banger of an episode and this guy forgot to hit record. Oh, yeah. So we recorded yeah. two two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Another great moment is when we d- I did it again. Um, <laughs> except you went to the Braves game. Like, we were doing oh, yeah. it in a time crunch. And I was like, I text you, I was like, dude. You won't believe this. <laughs> no, I, wasn't that was like we recorded? Oh, that was but, the one we recorded the whole thing, but your audio wasn't in it. Yeah, so you just see my mouth moving, but yeah. that's <laughs> for nothing. Oh man, dude. Um, and then I had to record the first solo ep- or no, that was the the second solo episode, I think. I think I think that was wasn't that the first the first video, video episode. Yeah, which has been so much fun. The video episode, oh, obviously, yeah. you can you can see my balloons behind me. These cost <laughs> me a pretty penny at the Dollar Tree. Um, yeah, it's just been one hell of a ride. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to keep track of episode numbers now. Um, you know, after episode 100, just you know, I feel like we don't need to see the episode numbers. In the first place, we never talked about them on the ep- like on the podcast. It was just there for like chronological order, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what I decide because you know, in the end, it is up to me since I put up the YouTube's in the podcast episodes. But um, yeah, I, you know, going forward, I keep churning them out two times a week. Uh, me and Luke uh, have discussed some things. I'll, I'll discuss with you later, but we've talked about maybe some scheduled weeks off, maybe one or two scheduled weeks off uh, throughout the year. Won't be during football season. I can assure you of that. Um, <laughs> but maybe in those dog days of the MLB where it's just, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where there's literally nothing in sports going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but for now, uh, yeah, the future of second and short lies in our hands, and um, it lies in you guys' hands as well. So make sure you guys are sharing the podcast. Um, that's something I always skip over when I go to talk about it, because um, you know, as much as you guys can like and comment and everything, um, the best way to grow this community that we're trying to you know make here uh, is for you guys to share it with everybody: your friends, your family, your mom, your dad, your 
aunt, uh, your uh, third cousin. Um, I've previously mentioned Dog. dogs. Uh, no cats. We already established that. No cats allowed. Um, but there is so many people you could share it with. Uh, go ahead and just like, I don't know, make like fake Timu TikToks about sharing this. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, yeah, with that being said, Colin, it's NFL week nine. Sunday night football going on right now. 7-0 early in the first quarter to Cincinnati. Um, but let's talk about the whole week. Uh, well, the whole Sunday, at least. And we start with the Dolphins versus the Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany. All right, enough. No, no, not doing the accent. I thought I was going to do the accent for the whole recap for that game. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, okay, Patrick Mahomes gets it started with 71 passing yards on the opening drive. Finds Rice in the end zone for the touchdown. Another long drive by the Chiefs, this time 95 yards. Culminates in a touchdown, this time to Jarek McKinnon for a 14-0 lead early. But Tyreek Hill makes the catch. Trent McDuffie pops it out of Hill's hands. Mike Edwards picks it up, looks back, and says, Mr. Cook, take back that ball. As he laterals to Brian Cook, who takes it to the house for six. 21-0. And the Chiefs are putting their schnitzel on the table. The Dolphins find some late life in the third, and Cedric Wilson catches the 31-yard touchdown to cut the Chiefs down to a 14-point lead. And then Raheem Mostert makes the most of his trip to Germany, finally breaks one off for a oh, 13-yard touchdown. And then a bad snap makes Tua and the Dolphins fall in Germany. Chiefs win 21-14. Wild game. I think that was the first time this season that the Dolphins were shut out uh, in the first half, at halftime. Yeah. yeah, at halftime, dude. I, I I don't know what the deal is, but the Dolphins aren't that good. Is that they they suck against the good teams, and then they're they look really good against yeah. shit teams. Uh, yeah, I'm just I, I, sounds I pretty know. middle of the pack to me. Um, but Mostert had a pretty good game: twelve carries, eighty-five yards, one touchdown. But to see Tua only throw for 193 yards is kind of absurd. Like, he's been chucking the ball all year. The longest reception in this game was Cedric Wilson's 131-yard catch for that touchdown. Yeah, it was weird. It's it's like there was something going on over there in Germany. Just like, because, look, you got Mahomes with 20 completions and only 185 yards. Yeah. I know they were, uh, they were trying out some new grass, a, a turf-grass hybrid. Uh, that they grew uh, up in the Netherlands and then put in that stadium in Frankfurt, but yeah, I don't, I don't know the deal here. It's, uh, it's weird because, like, the teams weren't running that much either. But the whole second half, the Chiefs were not passing the ball. Like Mahomes wow. had seventy-one passing yards on that first drive, and ended under two hundred. Yeah, it was wild. After that first drive by the Chiefs, I was like, oh, we're about to see another shootout here. Yeah. No. Not at all. And must I say, for Travis Kelsey to have four targets in that game, they were mainly using him as a decoy. Yeah. like The, the Dolphins insane. had a good defensive scheme. The problem is they didn't account for the extra guys on that offense. I get oh, shutting down Kelsey is a great idea, but this team wasn't dropping the ball like they have. They were actually catching the ball. 
and that obviously is a key to victory. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then going back to that fumble with Tyree Kill, man, dude, that's absurd. Uh, Drew, oh no, Durham Smythe, yeah, absolutely could not pick up McDuffie, and McDuffie just blew that play up. Yeah, like Tyree never stood a chance. No, no, not at all. And, and then the the awareness of uh, who was it that that uh, gave it to him. Uh, Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. Mike Edwards, yeah. Uh, who was about to get tackled and is kind of turned around, gives Just Brian like Cook the lateral, and Brian like, Cook bro. takes it all the way. Like, that was absurd. Like, that's a Forrest Gump moment. Like, <laughs> here, take this, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's like, overall, like, it was a very competitive game to watch. But it's just, yeah. like, they flip-flopped, you know? Like, the first half... Chiefs were dominating. Third quarter, the Dolphins were dominating. Fourth quarter, nobody could put up points. Yeah. Like, that's absurd for two really good offenses. Yeah, they are. They're high-powered. Like, yeah, Kansas City has its struggles and has this season, but we know they're, there's a possibility for great offense out of them. You have a great quarterback. You have a great tight end. You got some solid running backs. Nothing at all yeah. out of this team. But they still get the win. Yeah, and then like like we said, Mostert always finds a way to get in the end zone. He does, no matter man. what. Like he he'll have the most boring like he'll he'll be like ten carries for nineteen yards, yeah. and then he just finds a way to get in the end zone. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. I'm ready for a chain to be back. Me too. He he's an exciting like, guy to watch. I think that's that's really they're missing. That's the key part that they're missing right now. Yeah. And then, you know, Jalen Waddle got banged up on the first play, like first drive. So that really put a damper on his mobility in the game. Um, But overall, just a weird, weird game over in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah, definitely. Um, But let's get into the next game. We bring it back to America. Vikings versus Falcons. And rookie Jaron Hall gets the start, and he's out with a concussion. Josh Dobbs. (laughs) Makes his debut, an unexpected debut for the Vikings, and he gets sacked for a safety. Okay, well, let's give him over the chance. He fumbled. <laughs> Alexander Madison, though, finally did something. Gets the big reception on one of the drives, then comes out, gets the touchdown on a play-action pass, makes it 11-10 to Falcons to go to the half. What the fuck was that score? Um, Dude, at, at one point, it was 5-3. to That's true. It was 5-3. to um, and then just, it was eight to three. Yeah, eight to three. A lot of field goals for Young Way Koo. But let's continue the recap. Taylor Heineke tosses a screen pass to John U. Smith, who takes it sixty yards to the house mm. and gets the twenty-one thirteen lead. On the next drive, Dobbs gets it moving, and as I've pointed out every week, he gets his rushing touchdown for the day to bring it back. They pull it in. Tyler Algier gets back into bully mode. Pushes the Falcons ahead 28-24. Then, in his unexpected debut for the Vikings, Josh Dobbs finds Brandon Powell for the game-winning touchdown with only 22 seconds to go. Vikings take the win, 31-28, and the Falcons blow another game. Man, that was a tough one to watch. Yes, it was. I was like, pissed. Like, come on, man. What's up with Bichon? Uh, 11 carries now. 
That fumble was horrible. Yeah. Like, that uh, sucked. But also, yeah. yeah, I don't know what's going on with Bijan because, listen, two catches on four targets? No. 11, he's getting out-carried by Tyler Algier. Yeah, who did not have a good game at all. I know he got the touchdown. He, he sucked. Yeah, it was not good at all. And, like, Bijan Robinson, 11, 11 carries for 51 yards, you'll give him the ball more. Please. Yeah. Yeah, like like Taylor Heineke did a great job at quarterback for the Falcons in this game. I have no issue with his performance. Obviously, I'd rather him not throw a pick, but this guy throws a lot of interception-worthy passes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that because he likes to throw downfield. That's going to happen. He's going to throw probably a pick in most of his starts, but we got to be able to run the ball to help him out. You can't just make him do everything. That's what we did to Ritter. It forced him to make mistakes a lot. Probably more his fault than anything, but you got to support Heineke a little bit with the running game. Yeah, Heineke's a gunslinger. Uh, what I like to say, he likes to thread the needle. He likes to sometimes he can tend he tends to force passes when maybe he should look somewhere else or just get rid yeah. of the ball, uh, which tends to those turnovers. But like you said, he can't do it by himself. Yeah, like use we drafted Bijan for a reason. Use him. And yeah. then also the Falcons are just tied in university, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, our 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 receive, top three receiving levers: Johnu Smith, Kadero Hodge, Kyle Pitts. Tied yeah. in, tied in. Tied well, Kadero Hodge, I think, is technically a wide receiver. Is He's he? just kind of big. Oh, I thought he. Yeah. I swear, six two two zero three. Like he's a big guy, but he is a wide receiver. Last year, I swear he was like on the roster as a tight end. He might have been, but. Uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. Like Kyle Pitts could have had a better day. Jonu Smith getting that 60-yard touchdown on a screen pass was ridiculous. Like his, He had multiple plays with so many yards after the catch, and this just, you know, a, a, the epitome of it. He was moving, too. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely flying. Big yeah. man had the wheels. But let's talk about the winning side. Josh Dobbs uh, just kind of did his job. He played Pretty well, I'd say. Obviously, you know, the safety of the fumble, that, that's tough. Three fumbles, actually, and he lost two of them. He got lucky that the Falcons couldn't capitalize all that much on them, but he just kind of did his thing. The rushing was good. Alexander Madison was still super inefficient on the ground, so Josh Dobbs kind of had to carry the weight, and he did. Seven carries, 66 yards, and he had the rushing touchdown, and Hawkinson did a pretty good job considering... Josh Dobbs didn't throw for very many yards. Like he was throwing a lot of checkdowns, short passes. And Jordan Addison definitely on the receiving end of a lot of those screen passes, which he did a good job of making something out of it. But like it wasn't helping them. And then you have KJ Osborne who got lit up and left the game. That was a scary looking hit. Yeah. Like the front and the back side of the yeah. head at the same time. It's just like you never want to see that. And he was on the ground for a while. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, but yeah, just like I don't, I still don't get how the Vikings won this game. It, I, I, the big thing, like you said, is yeah, we caused some turnovers there early game. We only got field goals out of it. Yeah, a lot of like, field goals. Oh, Young Way Koo had one hell of a day. Four field goals along of 54. 
two for two on extra points. Yeah, but back to that. So when we caused the fumble and we got it down to the two-yard line, how the fuck do we not get a touchdown right there? It's crazy. Like, I will say that that jet sweep uh, for Johnny Smith, Yeah, I thought I thought that was a brilliant play. If he just cuts inside a second earlier, it's a touchdown. Yeah. But come on now. Any team in the NFL should be able to score from their two-yard line yeah, on three steps. Definitely. But they didn't, and um, the Vikings get the best of them. Crazy. Yeah. I will say uh, Atlanta's O-line looked better. It did, yeah. Heineke had protection. He just throws into some bad areas sometimes. Sometimes he needs to throw it away. Sometimes he needs to check down. He's always got his eyes upfield, though. Oh, and Van Jefferson tried to fuck us again. Yeah, he did. That was uh, that one pissed never, me off. Never do I want to kick a 48-yard extra point. Like, what? Well, and it doesn't help that he. Uh, we also got a first down. I think Jonu Smith got us the first down. Maybe it was Kadero Hodge, but he committed um, an offensive holding. Yeah. Like, He's, just multiple he's, he's, things. He's struggling with this team right now. I would love nothing more than to never see him play again for the Falcons. Yeah. Give give Scotty Miller some yeah. more time. I'll take Scotty Miller. He got nothing in this game. I don't even know if he saw the field. Yeah, but also Cam Akers ended up leaving yeah. with an injury as well, so that's something to look out for. See if uh, Alexander Madison's going to be getting full snaps now. It don't matter. He's going to run for like for two yards per carry. Yeah, but I'm okay with the 47-yard reception. That's true. That that definitely helps out. But let's get into the next game. Cardinals versus Browns. And Deshaun Watson gets it started for the Browns, throwing the ball off the head of a Cardinals defender. Don't know how that even continued to move, but it did. It shot right up in the air and into the hands of Amari Cooper for the touchdown. Then Deshaun Watson sees some tight end. And he hits it, David and Joku for the t- for the touchdown and a twenty to zero lead. And it wouldn't be a Browns recap without a Hunt punch, a three yard <laughs> touchdown for Kareem Hunt makes it twenty seven zero, and that's how it ends. Tough scenes for the Cardinals. Yeah, dude. they're missing Josh Dobbs. Absolutely. Ooh. Like you could definitely tell the uh, the offense with Clayton Tune, the offense with Josh Dobbs is yeah. The offense with Clayton Toon had 58 fucking passing yards. Yeah, and also got sacked seven times. Yeah. Yeah, and not good. Like, there's just, like, no offense at all. Like, there was 21 total rushing attempts and only 20, 41 plays of offense. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Sean not, Watson not threw good. the ball 30 times. But yeah, Clayton Toon throwing the ball 20 times and having 58 yards and two picks is ridiculous. (laughs) That's bad. And then they couldn't run the ball either, and they just weren't on the field a lot. They only ran 21 offensive plays. Yeah, they kept turning the ball over. Yeah. Two picks. Yeah, Clayton Toon pulled a a Desmond Ritter. Two picks and a fumble. A classic desert. I said for Desmond would be like three picks and two fumbles. Yeah, and like 900 fucking passing yards, but we'd still lose. <laughs> um, yeah, like Marquise Brown did nothing. Nobody ran the ball. 
Is Amari DiMarcato out too? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so it went yeah. to uh, Keontae Graham or Ingram. Yeah, Keontae Ingram out of USC. Never heard of the guy. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. got a couple of reps out of uh, Notre Dame as well. But, yeah, this was bad. This was really bad. And the Cleveland defense looked fantastic. Grant Delpit had a great game. Dalvin Tomlinson had two and a half sacks. Shelby Harris, Darius Smith also get a sack. Miles Garrett, his only tackle of the game, a sack. Um, same goes for Jordan Elliott. But, yeah, this Cleveland defense was fantastic in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Amari Cooper, what a game. Yeah. Only five catches. But 139 yards and a touchdown. Yep. And then Jerome Ford being a, a utility on both ends. Yeah, 20 carries for 44 yards is not good. Not efficient whatsoever. But also having five receptions on seven targets, but 33 yards. Like, that's helpful yardage, I'm sure. He was extending some of those plays uh, with those five receptions. Yeah. And what's crazy is that he had seven targets. Yeah, the most on the team. Amari yeah, Cooper had, only had five targets. Yeah, he's perfect. Five for five. Yeah. That's why. And one was the long-ass touchdown. But, like you said, Kareem Hunt punching it in between one to five yards. Always. Yep. He's good for it, man. It's the, it's the <laughs> hunt punch. The hunt punch. Yeah. Beautiful. But yeah, this uh, game was a fucking shit show. Arizona is going to secure their spot. For the number one pick. Yeah. We'll see. The Panthers may be giving them a run for their money. But let's continue talking. The next game, honestly just as bad, uh, Rams-Packers. And Oof. before I even talk, uh, there's two bullet points for this okay. game. That's it. So uh, Aaron Jones starts the scoring for the Packers with three-yard rushing touchdown in the second quarter. And then after... Quite a few field goals. The Packers do their best. Captain and Tennille impression. The little Musgrave love connection for a touchdown. And the Packers lead 20-3. to Hold on to that lead and defeat the Rams. What the hell was this? This was, game sucked. It was worse than the Cardinals-Browns. Yeah, Brett Ripien, ass. Royce Freeman, ass. Daryl Henderson, 10 carries, 19 yards. Dude, come on. At least get two yards per attempt. Yeah, well, look. The longest rushing attempt was seven or eight, eight yards, yards by, by Brett Ruffin. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, that is insane. Yeah. But, uh, quick question. Who would you rather have, Brett Ripien or Clayton Toon? Uh, I guess Brett Ripien. He only turned yeah, the ball over it, twice instead of three. And had more yards. Yeah, but more attempts. Two, Only two more completions, though, and he had, like, 70 more yards. So Yeah. Uh, I think I'll give it to Brett Ripien. But Jordan Love looked good. 20 for 26. Very good day for him. And they actually ran the ball. Aaron Jones was healthy, and they really used him. 20 carries, 73 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Dillon got some usage as well. Nine carries, 40 yards. This is what I want to see from the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Run the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't get why they go away from that like every week. They just give up on it. But I love what I'm seeing from them. 
at least in this game. The offense wasn't fantastic. Like, it wasn't a ton of touchdowns or anything. But you saw the ball getting spread around amongst receivers. You saw all three running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and Emmanuel Wilson, who, for what it's worth, had a fantastic game, a 31-yard run that really helped him out. But they also, you know, Luke Musgrave. Got four targets, three receptions, 51 yards, a touchdown. Dontavian Wicks was perfect. Four targets, four receptions, 49 yards. Like, they were spreading the ball out, which is totally fine. You don't need to target one guy on this offense because I don't think there really is a wide receiver one. Um, And that hurts a defense when there's not. When you can just look at anybody and know, like, yep, it it could go to him, it could go to him, it could go to him. There's no telling. That helps you out a lot on offense. And... It definitely helped him out here because the Rams are struggling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolute. Like you said, uh, they didn't need to put up that many touchdowns. Yeah. Like, they didn't really need to be explosive. They did what they needed to do. And I really liked what I saw from Aaron Jones. You know, he yep. needs these reps to get back to himself. We we saw a couple glimpses of it. And he, like you said, he averaged three 3.7. Yeah. Not, not great. But he had some really good runs, you know, like a nine-yard run he would break out. Uh, and he also was involved in the passing game, four receptions yeah. for 26 yards. You love to see it. Yeah, he's definitely making a slow comeback. But I think, you know, within the next two, three weeks, we'll see a good game out of him, like a really good oh. one. Yeah, hopefully like a week one, uh, yeah. you know, where he drops like 100 <laughs> yards receiving and like 100 yards rushing. Yeah, that would be you ideal. Love- for his fantasy owners. Yeah. Um, but let's it's get into the me. next game. It's not me. Okay. He's not on my team. All right. He was. He was. He's coming back. <laughs> You're going to trade back for him. Absolutely. All right. Next game, though. Commanders versus Patriots. And, uh, yeah, just, just buckle in. <laughs> buckle in. All right, Brian Robinson flips the script and had Washington storming through the Patriots for the early 10-0 lead, and then Hunter Henry storms through Washington's defense, makes the grab in traffic for six. I mean six. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson getting ready for January 6th as he gets the handoff and the Patriots storms Washington for a 64-yard touchdown. Sam Howell lets one fly for Jahan Dotson. He reels it in for the score, and then the commanders kick a field goal for the lead. Washington's National Guard halts the Patriots' movement down the field, and the Commanders ought to be some proud boys after this one. They hold off the Patriots and get a 20-17 to win. Beautiful. January 6th, in case well, you didn't realize the theme here. Well spoken. Thanks. Yeah, this game kind of sucked, uh, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It, was think, like, but it was cool because it was close. Yeah, but here's the thing. Sam Howell threw had another game over 300 passing yards. He, dude, he's good at just chucking the ball. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. He's good at spreading the ball around too. Yeah, he's not just hitting the same guys over and over again. Like their highest reception leader was Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson with five. Yeah, and then you had multi- three guys at four, a guy at three, a guy at two. Like that's that's not bad at all. And, and like. Having guys with longs of 36, 33, 26, 19, you're making good plays, but you're not making dumb plays. Like, he was willing to dump it off a couple of times, like to Antonio Gibson, who had five receptions. Like, I liked what I saw out of Sam Howell. He looked very competent, but also Brian Robinson had a pretty solid day on the ground. He got a lot of usage 
compared to what we have seen sometimes. But having the touchdown on the ground and 18 carries for 63 yards, though he didn't break off any big ones like we have seen in the past, he still had a good day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I like to see them using Antonio Gibson a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I, I is is I think his name's Chris Rodriguez. Is he was another one of their running backs? Is he like Chris or Christian? Uh, I forget his name. But do you know if he's hurt? I don't know. I think he just probably didn't get used much. They were throwing been, the ball a lot. Sam Howell had forty-five attempts. Yeah, which I mean, New England got a good run defense. Yeah, like yeah, surprisingly. So you expect it, uh, yeah. but Sam Howell's biggest thing is again limiting turnovers. Only one yeah. turnover, one pick. That is it, and only got sacked three times. Yeah, which is huge. What? It's huge. That's nasty. But also, it doesn't help. New England has a really bad pass rush right now with Judon still out. But Mac Jones just had such an average day. <laughs> 24 for 44. Misses 20 passes. 220. One touchdown. One interception. But the commanders were very much missing Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They didn't sack Mac Jones once. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough for, uh, for Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. I hope they're enjoying that bag of chips that they got for giving up Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Because, man, <laughs> what the fuck? A second and a third in this draft? Like, Great. That's ridiculous. Yeah, absurd. Ramondre Stevenson finally did something. Um, he got nine carries. He had the 64-yard touchdown run. Outside of that, though, 23 yards on his other eight carries. Yeah. I was, that's what I, that's yeah. not great. Yeah, he he definitely stat padded with that one, but uh, yeah, very much missing Kendrick Bourne. I I feel um, you know Demario Douglas had seven targets, Juju had seven targets, Hunter Henry got some targets, which is nice. Seven targets, four receptions, got the touchdown though. Um, yeah, just are they drafting a quarterback this year? They have to. They've got him. They have to. Uh, yeah, like. Uh, what Mac other Jones position could they possibly be addressing in this draft with whatever pick they're going to get with probably, like, max three wins by the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, listen, quarterback, O-line. Yeah. And maybe get you, like, a third or fourth round wide receiver. Yeah, like, if there is some revolutionary defensive player, I wouldn't mind if they got it. But you need a quarterback, at least at some point early in this draft. First two rounds for sure. Yeah, no. Um, 100%. But, like, they're, like secondary in the defense is good. I mean, you got J.C. Jackson. You got Jalen Mills. Um, and then you got Christian Gonzalez, who's hurt, but is going to come back. And we saw what he could do when he was healthy. Dude's a, a menace on the field. Really, quarterback and O-line is the next steps 100% that you need to head in the right direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Mac Jones needs to be done. Yeah, I, like, I agree. Get rid of him. Like, see if someone else, like, see if Arizona wants him. Yeah. You think Belichick's done? Ah, uh, dude. He should be. I think but... he'll go out on his own terms, but this seems yeah. like a good time think... to call it quits. I know he would like to go out on top. That's not going to happen for many years at this point. This is like they're at the full rebuild stage. 
Not unless Brady and Gronk and all of them come out of retirement come <laughs> yeah. back and win one more yeah. Super Bowl. And Edel Nut. Little, little Amendola. Just bring them all home. Get Wes Welker out there. Oh, dude. What a name. We just named like eight white guys. <laughs> it's just all white dudes. Randy Moss can go out there. Martellus Bennett. Aaron Hernandez. Oh, revive him. Respawn. Yeah, go get his reboot card. <laughs> and in case y'all don't know, that's because, you know, OG Fortnite's back. I haven't get out played there and it. Play. I haven't played it. I'm not going to. Get out there and play. I'm not going to play Fortnite. Go grab, a, go grab a scar. I'm good. Let's get on to the next game, though. Enough talk about Fortnite. <laughs> hey, land, land, drop a little Tilted Towers. Huh? All right. Next game, Bears at Saints. And honestly, this first one, Cole Komet gets no jokes. What a catch. Oh, my God. Tyson Badgen put a dot out there. And Komet just reeled in one hell of a catch. Con- like, fully contested, falling yeah. back, like, Perfect. It was amazing. Dude, Cole Kmet's like, he's a tight end with the hands of the Hall of Fame wide receiver. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, dude's nasty. Yeah, but Tyson Badgett looks drunk behind the wheel on the next drive. Let's car take over. And as the Saints march down and they hit Olave at the end of the drive for the touchdown. And then the double Bajant, as I'm going to call him. Finds Cole Komet for their second touchdown connection of the day. But the Saints march down, and Carr finds popular QB slash fullback slash running back slash tight end slash wide receiver slash Mormon Taysom Hill for the touchdown. And we've got a showdown in New Orleans. And that aforementioned quarterback, fullback, running back, tight end, wide receiver Mormon Taysom Hill finds Juwan Johnson for the lead and ultimately the win. The Saints take it 24-17. That was good. Yeah, that was good. But uh, yeah, what the like? Yeah, what was this game? (laughs) Literally, like quarters one through three, they were just matching each other. Yeah, over and over again. Like seven, like literally, I'm pretty sure it's like the same exact drives too. If yeah, they scored a touchdown, they then then they scored a touchdown. Like it was crazy. it, It it was weird. Yeah, Tyson Bajan had a great game on the ground. Eight, yeah, eight rushes for 70 yards? Kid's a dog. Compa- compared to uh, Foreman with 20, 20 for 83. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, very like good. Double the yards per carry. Yeah, not very good. But Darno um, Mooney had a good game. Uh, Cole yeah. Komet obviously catching two touchdowns in this one. Uh, DJ Moore got locked down. I think Marshawn Lattimore was probably on him the whole game. So that probably was part of it, but only three receptions, 44 yards. He only got targeted five times. Um, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of happy with how the Bears played, though. They they, they did fumble uh, two times, which kind of sucks, but I, I just, yeah, I don't I don't mind how this offense looked other than Bajan obviously throwing the picks. Yeah, they kept it competitive. Yeah. But I liked, you know, they fought the whole game. Yeah, uh, but we should be seeing Fields up. back soon. So, I, it'll it'll. I think the running game wise is going to be pretty similar. The passing game will probably just be a little bit better. Yeah, because I, I, I think I think Justin Fields just has a little more confidence, a little more awareness of what's going on, fits the system much better um, than Bajent does. But Tyson Bajent, though, the, you know, one in what one and two, one and three, you know, oh, in in Justin oh Fields' God. absence. 
He's been pretty good. I know the turnovers suck, but he's been good. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, like, Justin Fields has that more personal connection with DJ Moore, too. So yeah. that's probably why we've seen such a quiet performance over the last three weeks. Um, yeah, I'm happy DJ Moore had a quiet week. Yeah, Taysom Hill, I though. Did not have a quiet week. No, but Taysom Hill, a great game. Getting some usage. More carries than Alvin Kamara. 11 carries, 52 yards. He even passed for a three-yard touchdown. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's up with them not giving Kamara carries. Like, they give him targets, five targets, four receptions, 44 yards, but give him the ball. Yeah. I mean, granted, nine carries, 26 yards isn't the best. I guess Taysom Hill just works for them. Yeah. You know? So why stop? Why stop it? Yeah, and I, I yeah, think it's it a works. it's a good change of pace when Taysom Hill comes in. Yeah, because you know, uh, if a team like preps for Taysom Hill, then yeah. you just absolutely feed Kamara. Yeah, exactly. It works out for them. Yeah, but like they didn't throw the ball well. Like Derek Carr was twenty five for thirty four, which isn't horrible at all. Only nine incomplete passes, but only two hundred eleven yards, like six point two yards per attempt, and like. You had a couple of guys make big plays. Kendra Miller in the receiving game had one. Foster Moreau with a 23-yard touchdown. But everybody else, a lot of passes er, – sorry, 23-yard catch, not touchdown. I, I, I caught it a little bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like everybody in the first level, catch it, get tackled. No yards after the catch in this game. Yeah, no, and like I know Chris Olave had six receptions, but – that's just split up between two drives. Yeah. One one drive, like the his first touchdown drive, he had three, I want to say three catches for like 33 yards. And then his next couple catches came on like the second to last drive. Yeah. He's just getting like two-yard reception and uh, a couple other ones. So he was for the most part, he was pretty quiet in the game. Yeah. Yeah, which shouldn't be the case for Chris Olave. And Michael Thomas, one target, zero receptions. Yeah, he was actually quiet. Yeah, literally doing nothing. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of all that happened in this game. The defense wasn't good. It was more of the offense's issues that made this game low scoring. Yeah. But no, let's I... move on to the next game, Seahawks-Ravens. And the Gus bus stops for nobody. Another rushing touchdown for Gus Edwards gives the Ravens the early upper hand and the wheels on the bus, the Gus bus, continue to go round and round. He finds the end zone for the fifth time in six quarters of play. Baltimore takes a 14-0 lead, and Lamar hands the ball off to who? Who? Undrafted rookie running back Keaton Mitchell? He did what? Took it 40 yards to the house. Ravens lead 30-3. to with the Ravens shitting on the Seahawks, you know Odell had to get in on the festivities. He scores a touchdown on his birthday, and Baltimore crushes Seattle 37-3. to Who the fuck is Keaton Mitchell? I don't know, but he had nine carries for 138 yards. That man is going to be a waiver pickup if I've ever seen one. How much do you think Mike drops on him? Oh, my. How much How much budget does Mike have left? <laughs> it's it's like going to be all of it. Like- yeah, it's ridiculous. But man, dude, it's like the Baltimore Ravens like will like 
play like this against good teams. Yeah. And then when they play like some semi-average teams, they just like play down to their competition. Yeah, like we just saw what the Cardinals did. Granted, they had Josh Dobbs last week. The Ravens beat them 31-24 last week. And then they come out and they beat a very good 5-2 and two Seahawks team 37-3. Absolutely smothered Geno Smith, locked down all the receivers except JSN, and did not let them run the ball, which they haven't tried a lot of in these last couple of games, but totally shut them down. Nobody more than two yards per carry and only 15 carries. And what's crazy is that this game was scoreless going into the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. The Ravens' offense came out very slow. Yeah, and then, you know, they treated the second quarter like the first quarter. Yeah, Lamar, a a great game. 21 for 26, 187, but it's the 10 carries for 60 yards on the ground that were huge for him, and Gus Edwards playing his role. Five yards, or five carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. It's absurd that he's scoring this many touchdowns. Like, that is crazy. Yeah, but hey, he's got to fill the gap of J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, and he's doing a good job. Him and Keaton Mitchell... Uh, but Mark Andrews, a great game, nine receptions on 10 targets for 80 yards. Odell, five receptions, 56 yards in that touchdown. Zay Flowers, quiet in this one. One target, one reception, 11 yards. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I don't blame you. It's just like, Can't relate. yeah, I know I know he's a rookie, but he is one of the better route runners on this team. Yeah. He, I, I can almost guarantee you he's open. I got a feeling Devin Witherspoon. I didn't watch much of that game. I got a feeling Devin Witherspoon was probably all over. You think so? Yeah. It, I thought so. I, I would, I would have thought Witherspoon would have been on Mark Andrews. Maybe. And you know, maybe like uh, Tariq was like hawking up top. Yeah. And just if anybody got into the secondary, um. But I don't know. It was it was just weird, a weird game. Definitely a, a domination for the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are looking like one of the top teams in the AFC right now. They look like one of the top teams in the NFL. Yeah, I I I put them up against the Dolphins. I put them up against the Chiefs. Um, I definitely Bengals. Bills. Yeah, Bengals. I Bill, like, I honestly think they are one of the best teams right now because they're really figuring some things out. And on the defensive side, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They just lock guys down with those speedy corners, and then up front, they just have a bunch of strong guys that pressure the quarterback very well. Though they're not, you know, like they had four sacks in this game. Kyle Van Noy, two sacks. Uh, Odafe Owe, one sack. And Justin Matubike, one sack. But it just seems like they're getting to the quarterback quickly and Gino was able to get a lot of the throws off. They just weren't good. That's you know why he was thirteen for twenty eight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and DK Metcalf one catch for fifty yards, but yeah. only four targets. Another fantasy player of yours. You know, I'm seeing a trend here, Grayson. Yeah, I'm yeah, seeing a trend. But is hot sauce in your future? I haven't, I haven't looked. No, no, no! I'm clear. Okay, and we'll okay. talk about we'll talk we'll talk about that reason why later. Okay. But uh, JSN, this yeah. is like his uh, this was like his like breakout game. Little yeah, did you know it, it was a great game for him. 
yeah, he didn't get the score, but leading leading in receptions, leading in yards, uh, and second in targets. You know, he looked good. Yeah. He's starting to become a reliable source for Geno Smith. It's crazy how, you know, leading up into the draft, we talked about how, like, I, I thought JSN was going to go to the Titans because I was like, reliable pass catcher, doesn't have to get touchdowns to be effective, all of this. Look who's right. He's doing he just that. He didn't go he to the Titans, go. but they got DeAndre Hopkins. He, he, went to a, he went to a winning football team. That's true. He did. Uh, but let's get into the next game because it was amazing. Buccaneers versus Texans. And C.J. Stroud finds Sneeko Collins for the six, and the kick is good. The Texans take a 7-3 to three lead. Bucks fans, you ought not frown. For Kate Otten got the uh, touchdown for Baker, and the Bucks take a lead 10-7. Rashad White finds a hole and walks in for the touchdown, and the Bucks make it a 10-point game. But C.J. Stroud finds Noah Brown, who sent Carlton Davis to the turf en route to a 75-yard touchdown. But it doesn't stop there. C.J. Stroud had to use tank warfare to cut the deficit to one. He finds Tank Dell for the touchdown, and the Stroud boys won't be stopped. C.J. finds the infamous Dalton Schultz, and these brilliant idiots take the lead. Rashad White, though, he won't be stopped either. He punches in another to tie the game at 30. And with Kai Fairburn going down with an injury early in the game, the Texans sent out the field goal unit and the Bucks said, I dare you to kick it. As running back Dare Ogumbawale kicks the go-ahead field goal from 29 yards out. And then Oliver Anthony Mayfield said, I ought not pay for giving you touchdowns. As Kate Otten reels in another, and the Bucks take the lead with 46 seconds left. But C.J. Stroud couldn't end his record-setting day with a loss. He finds Tank Dell one last time. For the game-winning touchdown, Texans win 39-37. Oh, my Lord, was this a fun game to Dude, watch. C.J. Stroud, the rookie, 30 for 42, 470 yards, five passing touchdowns, no picks. That's insane. Wow. He broke Andrew Luck's rookie single-game passing record. Just absurd. Yeah. And that final drive was just the cherry on top. Yeah, a game-winning drive with 46 seconds left by a rookie quarterback. And a rookie wide receiver, too. Like, I'm not just going to yeah look away from Tank Dell on this last drive. That, that catch on the sideline was great. Oh, yeah. And even better throw by C.J. Stroud. And then to find him again there in the end zone yeah. is Three. amazing. 100-plus yard receivers in this game. Noah Brown with his big 75-yarder and uh, six receptions, 153 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown. Tank Dell had 11 targets, only caught six of them. Tough, but 114 yards and two touchdowns. You can't talk shit about that. And then somehow Nico Collins only had five targets. But he got three receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Just a master class. They didn't run the ball for shit. 17 carries, 53 yards for the team. But Why 30, 30 for 42, <laughs> 470 does all the talking. Yeah. Oh, and uh, back to what I was saying, 
Tank Dell is the reason I'm going to stay away from hot sauce. That's fair. Yeah. Good good day and, for him. Yeah, dude. I love this kid. I love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, Dalton Schultz just about scared me there at the beginning, though. Gets the nine-yard <laughs> reception, fumbles, and loses it. I was like, okay, is this how this, this game's going to go? Nope. It wasn't. Um, and my my fantasy team is rolling. Uh, I could use some more Jamar, K- Jamar Chase catches, but, you know. We'll we'll talk about that, uh. But on the on the Bucks side, they still put up thirty seven points. There's nothing to you know skip over here. Baker Mayfield had a pretty good day, twenty one for thirty, two sixty five, two touchdowns. Didn't throw a pick. Only got sacked twice. Rashad White twenty carries, seventy three yards. Isn't amazing, but two touchdowns out of it is great. Uh, Mike Evans a great day, five targets, four receptions, eighty seven yards. Kate Otten though. Nine targets, six receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns. is crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, but what, what's in, more insane is six targets, two catches. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Brutal day. Like, could they just not connect? Yeah, I, I don't was? know what the deal was with that one. Like, because <laughs> I can't imagine Houston's just got amazing corners. Like, uh, Trying to even think who their number one corner is. Um, yeah, I can tell you. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to worry <laughs> about it. Uh, but yeah, no, this is just a masterclass to watch. It was a lot of fun. Very entertaining. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Obviously, the defense is not too big of a factor. Um, but no one cares about defense. You yeah. want to see? You want to see points? Yeah. Well. Rookie Kalaji Kansi got a, a sack for the Bucks. Devin White got a sack. Uh, Shaq Barrett. And then on Texas, uh, on Houston side, Will Anderson Jr., the rookie, getting a sack. I'm sure you care about Man, that. I love defense. I love defense. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> Henry Toto had a good game, too. Absolutely. But they were uh, feeding, They were feeding off that win. Yeah, man. They're feeding off the uh, victory over LSU. But overall, one hell of a game to watch. Crazy. Oh, like yeah. with Kaimi Fairburn going down and fucking Dara Agumbawale kicking a field yeah. goal. Like it's insane. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what are the odds CJ Stroud does next week? Very low. I'm taking the over on passing yards. 460 is the line. I'm taking the over. I wouldn't. Who are they playing next week? I don't know. Probably the 49ers. The Bengals. Oh, yeah. Give me the over. That's yeah, ridiculous. Is it, is it in Cincinnati? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's, he's 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 about to whoop Joe Burrow's ass at home in yeah. front of all those fans. Yep, it is at Cincinnati. But let's get into the 4 o'clock slate, and it starts with Colts versus Panthers. Minshew dumps one to Jonathan Taylor, who does all the work, finds himself twirling into the end zone for the 10-0 lead. And Bryce Young finds Kenny Moore for the touchdown. Wait, who's Kenny Moore? Oh, he plays for the Colts. 20-3, to Colts. And uh, I know this guy plays for the Panthers. Bryce Young declares it Chark Week, and DJ helps the Panthers take a bite out of the deficit. But Young gets the boys down the field, trying to make it a three-point game, and he finds Kenny Moore for a 66-yard touchdown. He got me again. Colts make it 27-10, and I'm not making a joke about this one. Bryce Young threw another pick, his third of the game, this time to Segun Ulubi, I think is how you say it. Not for a touchdown this time. So 
a silver lining there, and the Colts hold on to the 27-13 lead and take the win. Bryce Young with a stinker. Yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah. Like Gardner Minshew threw 13 less passes and had 50 less yards. Yeah, you know uh Kenny Moore had 115 yards <laughs> on interceptions. Yeah. On interceptions, crazy touchdowns. Crazy. So re- really, he had two receptions for 115 yards. That's what I'm saying. That's- I'd, I'd pick that guy up in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Insane. But, yeah, like, the Panthers are so bad, man. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Like, Bryce Young, like, Panthers are looking stupid for drafting Bryce Young over CJ Stroud right now. Yeah, they are. But, honestly, but, like, it could just be that Bryce is in a bad bad place, CJ's in a good one. Like, I think it's a little more about the draft environment than the actual players themselves. But, like, yeah, it's just it's a struggle if you play for the Carolina Panthers any, anywhere on this field. That O-line is horrible, too. Yeah, it, it can't help the pass. It can't help the run. Like, I, I don't get where they can be successful. I don't think they can. Not at all. And uh, a season low in targets for Adam Thielen. Yeah, that one kind of surprised me. I think people are starting to figure him out. Just if yeah. you throw some people at him, Bryce won't throw to him. Yeah, Unless Kenny Moore's he, in front of him. It's when he's open in the slot. That's yeah. when you're going to see some of his receptions. Yeah, but like Hayden Hurst with a 48-yard reception in this game. Out of the blue. By far the longest reception. The next longest is a tie between Miles Sanders and Tommy Tremble at 11 yards. <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, that's... There's not really anything else I want to talk about this game. No, this game. there there ain't much else to talk about. Just shout out Kenny Moore the second. Yeah, great game. Yeah, two pick sixes for the man. But let's get into our, uh, what, second to last game here? Yeah, Giants-Raiders. The Raiders may have no head coach and no GM, but they do have Jacoby Myers. He gets it started with an end around for 17 yards to the house. And then Daniel Jones, in his return, Finds the injury tent again. And now we have to watch former Syracuse quarterback Tommy DeVito again. We're subjected to that punishment. But the Raiders, they also still have Josh Jacobs. And he gets busy in the backfield, spends into the end zone, and doubles the lead 14-0. And for the Giants and DeVito, it's not clockwork for the Orange. But some different 70s movies might describe his performance better. Uh, We'll start with Rocky. That, that one will describe his performance well. But uh, DeVito throws, and uh, one flew right over the cuckoo's nest into the hands of the Raiders' defense. Just a warning to the curious, Tommy DeVito is not good. And the Giants might make him call a taxi driver to get back to New York because the Raiders are now on the ascent, and Josh Jacobs gets down the field and does literally the same thing he did the last time, which is run in a two-yard touchdown and make it 21-0 this time. And uh, I was just watching this game begging, Tommy, just please stop. Throws a dot to Marcus Peters, who, in case you didn't know, is on the Raiders, uh, who tips it into the hands of his fellow Raider, Nate Hobbs, for the pick. And finally, Tommy DeVito does something. He finds Wondell Robinson wide open for six. And just six because Tommy DeVito can't catch, and they failed the two-point trick play attempt. Raiders win 30-6. to six. And we got bad news after the game for Daniel Jones. 
looks like an ACL tear. Ah, oh. yikes! His his bad season just got worse. Yeah, it's just like you never want to see this injury on anybody. Yeah, it it really does suck. It's it's a hard injury to come back from. Yeah, very hard. Yeah, Saquon had a good game though. Sixteen yeah. carries, ninety yards, but the, overall they sucked. The Raiders got it done with Aiden O'Connell. Who would have thought? The guy that Josh McDaniel was like, why would I start this guy? Starts him. Well, he didn't start him. He got fired. The interim head coach starts Aiden O'Connell. They win a game, and they score 30 points, which they don't do often. Josh Jacobs finally figuring something out. 26 yards, 98, or 26 carries, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Like I said, Jacoby Myers with a rushing touchdown on an end around. Not too much going on in the air, but Trey Tucker with a big 50-yard reception really helped him out. Yeah, and he finished two receptions, 52 yards. So he had a 50-yard reception, and he had a two-yard reception. It's pretty, pretty good separation right there. But yeah. uh, Devontae Adams was quiet for a while. Yeah. He went into halftime without a catch. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a Josh McDaniel problem with that guy. No. I I think it's just a matter of they're not going to guard anybody else. He's still got the most targets and the most receptions, but he should be getting way more. He should. That's a double digits kind of guy. Yeah, he is at least 10 10 targets all game, no matter what. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, it's like we, we always say, it's that game where maybe you don't need your best guy to win. Yeah, and the Giants are one of those teams. Especially so, with Daniel Jones going down. Yeah, no, the Giants might not win another game. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, the Raiders uh, sacked New New York's quarterbacks eight times. Tommy DeVito got six of them. That's the second most they've had this year. Yeah. <laughs> that, but behind that 10-sack game. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you had uh, three sacks for Mad Max. Damn. Oof. He's so good. He is, man. Uh, he so also had good. a sack for uh, a half a sack for the rookie Tyree Wilson. Uh, he got a sack from Trayvon Moring and Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, Adam Butler, Bilal Nichols, and a what? half a sack for Robert Spillane. A lot of names that? that we would be listing off if we were at the end of a college football game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also the Raiders didn't get sacked once. So uh, yeah, that's, that's that's impressive. Yeah, they're maybe missing Leonard Williams, who they sent off for literally nothing. That's like a, not even a bag of chips. That's like yeah. a chip. Yep, a single Lay's <laughs> get, original chip. You get one chip. All right, let's get into the last game though. The recaps: Cowboys versus Eagles. The Eagles drive down the field after a Cowboys three and out, and Gainwell gets around the edge. Kenny beats one more and leaves Stephon Gill saying, whoa, Kenny, as he front flips over the diving Gilmore for the touchdown. The uh, the Cowboys have a musician of their own, and Dak said, let's get it started. And he can't get enough of Fergie as he finds one, finds him for another touchdown for the second week in a row. The Cowboys don't stop there. Dak finds Cavante Turpin to take the lead, but in the city of brotherly love, nobody stops the brotherly shove. Hurts sneaks it in for a game-tying touchdown. The Cowboys settle for three, 
And Jalen's hurt, but he ain't hurt enough. He finds Devontae Smith deep for the touchdown, and uh, the Eagles get back out there. Hurts finds Brown for the touchdown to extend the lead to 11. And in a last-ditch effort, Dak finds Jalen Tolbert for the touchdown. But as the clock winds down on 3rd and 26 from the Eagles' 27-yard line, Dak finds Lamb, and he gets tackled just short of the end zone. The Eagles hold on to it, and they win 28-23. A wild ending to this game. A great game overall. I think oh, yeah. both sides played tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and let's take it back to um, that J- that last Jalen Tolbert touchdown. Yeah. So let's take it back to the two-point conversion. Dak is this close f- from making it a three-point game. Barely steps out of bounds. And then Barely. their next their next drive, they march down there. Then they're forced to go for a fourth and eight. Where they could have easily tied the game up. Yep. Like it's it's just hard to watch. Like to me, like Dallas like dominated this game. Like when you yeah. look at the teams when you look at the team stats, total yards, Dallas four oh six, Eagles two ninety two. Yeah. The Eagles just capitalized in the third quarter. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurst started airing it out, you know, trusting his arm. Um, and really punishing those sec that second that hurt secondary for yeah. the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. Like once again, um, on both sides, inefficient on the ground. Um, which for Swift, it it just seemed like Dallas's defensive line was just stuffing him each time he tried. Like he had a long of eight in this game for DeAndre Swift. That should not be happening. Um, but. My big thing here for the Eagles, at least, you know, getting the victory was all their top guys got big receptions at different points in this game. You had A.J. Brown with a 20. You had Devontae Smith with the 29. I think that was his touchdown catch. Dallas Goddard, 28. DeAndre Swift had a 20-yard reception as well. Like, those guys were helping him out. It just, to me, I, I agree with you. It seemed like the Cowboys dominated this game. Yeah, and, like, it. Like you had CeeDee Lamb, eleven receptions, 191 yards on 16 targets. Yeah, it's it's almost like we said, uh, like you know, I don't know, last week that CeeDee Lamb should never have under 10 targets in a game. <laughs> yeah. And I think they finally listened. Yeah, but you know, I didn't expect them to do the same thing about Jake Ferguson. Yeah, he's been playing great. I oh, I've, yeah. I've really liked watching him play. Um, he's definitely becoming the the tight end that people talked about when when Dalton Schultz left. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really starting to turn into a Jason Witten. Yeah, yeah, a lot Prime of receptions. Time Jason Witten can block too. Yeah, one of your better blockers. Yeah, but Dak Prescott had one hell of a game: twenty nine for forty four, three seventy four, three touchdowns. Didn't throw a pick. No, but the five sacks were crucial, especially yeah. with those last two on the last drive. It's like, oh, dude, it turns your stomach thinking yeah. that they were this close to knocking off the Eagles. Yeah, they they were real, real close. But Eagles did the- not deserve to win that game. I'm sorry. They did not deserve to win that game. Okay. But the Eagles' defense did look great. I, I, I will give them that. 
Uh, Josh Sweat with a sack. Uh, Nicobe Dean with half a sack. He splits that one. Brandon Graham, who had one of his own. Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox split one. And uh, Hassan Reddick gets one on his own. But Zach Cunningham had a great game. He had a tackle for loss on top of his 10 total tackles. Kevin Byard was in on everything. I swear he was helping finish every tackle. Um, the same goes for Darius Slay and Reed Blankenship. I like what I saw from each side's defense, though. The Cowboys' defense wasn't bad either. You had Micah Parsons get a sack and a half. You had Sam Williams get a sack. Dorrance Armstrong get a half a sack. But Stephon Gilmore looked very good, especially in the first half, kind of shutting down those wide receivers. And then um just seemed like they were getting to him later, though. Yeah, I will say, uh, and I'm not saying it was game-changing, but the officials missed a lot of holding calls yeah. on uh, Micah Parsons. That man yeah. was getting held left and right. I will say the Philly, the Philly offensive line, very good at selling holds. Oh yeah, Th- those are some experienced guys. So it, it's hard. It's hard to get them called. Yeah, it's it's hard because that's like some big plays where Michael Parsons could have blew up the play. Yeah, but it's just getting pulled and held right out of reach, and it's tough. Yeah, and, it, like, and what then, makes it hard for Parsons is. If he tries to sell the hold, you risk them still not calling it and allowing the play to continue and opening yeah. up a, a hole. So it's a hard game to play there when you're like, okay, do I try and draw it or do I just act like it's not happening and continue to try to sack the quarterback? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's tough to watch, uh, especially yeah. to like thinking like it happened multiple times. Uh, and some late in the game, you know, when they're trying to make a stop, when they're uh, low on time, and it, it results in a first down, it's it's definitely tough. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the game that is ongoing at the moment, Bills-Bengals. The Bengals have a 14-7 lead, uh, about three minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, at the moment, Joe Burrow, 17 for 22, 159, and a touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon. As the other touchdown, six carries, 22 yards. Uh, receiving game, though, T. Higgins finally getting a lot of action here. Four targets, mm. three receptions, 42 yards. But what the fuck? Five targets, three receptions, nine yards for Jamar Chase. Like, what are we doing here? Actually, I speaking wonder, of, just got a reception. Yeah, um, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I wonder why T. Higgins is having a great game out of all days. Uh, we're, not, all game. we're not doing this. We're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, you know, out of all the things, and it, like we can bring it back to what happened at the beginning of that football game. Yeah, go ahead and talk about that, actually. How they just make everything about DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what the fuck? They showed DeMar Hamlin, okay? And then they cut to uh, a commercial break. It's not a commercial break. It's like a tribute video. It looked like a video of somebody that died. Yeah, it's... He's not dead. He was literally just walking on the sidelines. They showed a group of people doing CPR on dummies. Yeah. Like, I can guarantee if you watch any other football game today, you didn't see that. Nope. Like, they make it a point every time the Buffalo Bills play to, like, Make it about DeMar Hamlin. Like, yeah. yeah, 
I get it. It's a miracle. Yeah. Truly a miracle. And and shout out to everybody that was involved in the process of helping him. The, the on staff medical team for the Bengals, the, you know, the, the nurses and doctors at the university of Cincinnati medical center. Those people are amazing, but the way that they draw this, like the way that they make this out to be is very weird. I think it's very, it's almost borderline offensive to DeMar Hamlin. I get it. People need to know CPR. Why are we showing him showing this horrific, insane injury and also, you know, highlighting his miraculous recovery and then showing a bunch of people practicing CPR on dummies on like cement outside the stadium. Yeah. Like, Stop replaying this day. We're trying to get past it. Yeah. Um, and it's just like he's played in one game this season. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like I I'm sure he's tired of it by now. Yeah. Like it's his parents watching what trying to watch the game at home. They're tired of it. Like it's I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. It is. It's crazy. Absolutely. And uh, let, let's bring up the sign that they showed on TV. <laughs> oh, yikes. It was. So, uh, uh, go ahead and give it. I didn't, I didn't fully see it. So it's yeah. all you. Since Cincinnati Bengals fan. And like, let's just say they, they like took, went away from it very quick. But I, luckily, I was watching the TV at the right time. You guys said, Welcome back, Damar. And then as he's changing to his second sign, it just says, you can see a glimpse. It says, ready for round two, question mark. Yeah. See, that's where it goes too far. Yeah. Um, look, crazy situation. I get that people like to make jokes. We, I just made like nine jokes about January 6th. <laughs> and I've made multiple jokes about Deshaun Watson um, throughout the course of this podcast. <laughs> Let's not joke about this one. No. Not at all. Yeah. It's it was a very scary moment that we never want to see happen to anybody ever. Yeah, and in the fact that all week I saw on social media being like T Higgins T Higgins is going to do it again like come on people. Yeah, like I'm sure that that's all what's on T Higgins' mind right now. Yeah, he doesn't want to see that. We like we all remember his reaction. To how this went, like it was bad. Like he felt very bad, and I, yeah, and dude. I don't blame him. It's horrible. Yeah, crazy. But oh, we can... Tyler Boyd just dropped a touchdown, man. I think it was stripped from him. Was it? Yeah. Tough. I think so. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty slow game. Yeah, it is. You know, despite twenty-one points total in the first quarter, the second quarter has dragged. Yeah, I would love to see some field goals from Buffalo. Get Tyler Bass back out, back out there. I'd love to yeah. see anything from Jamar Chase. Yeah, like he's been, like this twenty-three uh, yard touchdown he's about to have. Oh, never mind, timeout. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's NFL for you. Yeah, uh, it, it sure is. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Monday Night Football, Chargers Jets? Oh yeah, sicko matchup. <laughs> It's it's gonna be a real tester for this Jets defense. Yeah, you know, Chargers have thinking. explosive offense. This is uh you know a Justin Herbert prove it game. You know they're they're three and four, not where you would think the Chargers would be at. No, Justin Herbert's gotta show people like 
what makes him special. Yeah. Like why he's an elite quarterback. Yeah. Because we all know he's 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 a gunslinger. And but I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league and he's gonna show why against this Jets defense. Yeah, a big thing for him in this game is gonna be his pocket awareness. The offensive line has kind of struggled a little bit. You've got a fantastic pass rush of the Jets. You know, trying to get away from Quinnen Williams, trying to get away from Jermaine Johnson on the edge, multiple other guys as well. And if he can kind of prove it there, that's going to be the big test. Can he make accurate throws while being pressured by this great defensive line? But also, you know, pick and choose his options because you can't just throw the same guy against this defense. You're going to have Sauce Gardner breathing down their neck. You're going to have, you know, so many guys are all over the field. C.J. Mosley, like, oh, my God, everybody all over yeah. this field is going to be looking at that ball because that's what the Jets do very well is finding the ball. And um, that's something that Herbert's going to have to avoid. A lot of throws underneath is probably going to be a popular option for him. Keenan Allen going on some slants, uh, maybe a couple of like, you know, do that a couple of times, hit a, a deep ball to Quentin Johnston. There's a lot of options for this team. I think if anything wins them this game, it is Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah. He's got to be more efficient on the run game. Yeah, he's got, he he is literally one of the most inefficient running backs that gets considered one of the best. Yeah. And it's just his receiving yeah. aspect of his game that puts him atop. Yeah. And he wonders why he's not getting paid that much. Yeah. It's because you're a running back who can't run the ball. Yeah. But for the Jets, they need to run the ball. Yeah. Brees Hall needs to be fed. Yeah. And, um, Look, Zach Wilson does Zach Wilson things, which is throw a touchdown and two picks every game. Limit that. He's, he he's shouldn't be throwing. Gonna... He should not be throwing more than like twenty five passes max in this game. Yeah. Oh, I can guarantee you, he will throw one to Asante Samuel. Yeah. This game, it yeah. is almost guaranteed. And if if not him, then to Dur- Derwin James, one of those Florida two State. will come away with the pick. But yeah. You need to feed Brees Hall, and you need to get you know your Tyler Conklin's more involved. Yep, and everything like that. You can't just feed Garrett Wilson. Yeah, you need to get. And I know Alan Lazard is questionable right now. Who cares? Next man up. Find him. Work with him. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, four teams on a bye this week: Broncos, Lions, 49ers, Jags. Uh, if you didn't change your fantasy lineup, it's too late. Um, in case you didn't realize. But let's, you know, with the conclusion of the MLB season, not all that much to talk about, but there is one thing that we can talk about, and that's our Silver Slugger predictions. We got all of our finance the other day. Uh, I was, I would love to have done Gold Glove ones. Didn't realize it was happening so soon. They all came out today uh, as we're recording. So we're going to predict our Silver Slugger final or our Silver Slugger winners from the finalist lists. And, um, yeah, let's go ahead and start in the AL. Our three outfielders. Go ahead with your three, and then we'll we'll discuss. Okay, three outfielders. So, Julio Rodriguez, Dolores Garcia, and Luis Robert. Okay. Uh, I got two of the same ones as you. I got Adolis Garcia, Luis Robert, and Kyle Tucker. Okay. Kyle Tucker was fantastic. I know people kind of forgot about it, but like he came back from an injury and was just ridiculous for like two months. 
Like yeah, July and August were insane. Yeah, people need to remember that this doesn't take into effect the postseason. Yeah. This is this is regular season. We know Kyle Tucker had a big old stinker in that postseason. Yeah. Like absolutely horrible. So but yeah, I like that. I like I like that pick. Yeah, and, and I my biggest thing was like if they factored base running into this, Julio's mm-hmm. got it ten times out of ten over Kyle Tucker. Yeah. But just the way, like, on-base percentage, slugging, like, all of that looked so good. Consistently, one of the top three guys. The only reason, Judge, I didn't pick him, he didn't play enough games. Only yeah, played just over 100 games. Uh, your other finalists that didn't get talked about, um, Randy Rosarena and Anthony Santander. Yeah. I think a big thing, Anthony Santander got overlooked. Yeah, a lot this season, in my opinion, you know, by Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman, a lot. Um, but he had a fantastic season. Who's just, I think, is one of those guys that can keep putting up those numbers. He'll get his silver slugger. Yeah, I, I think so as well. He he's a good player. I think a lot of people kind of overlook him as an option in the outfield, but no, he he's very good. He plays decent defense, at least good enough. Um, you know, maybe get himself into a, a silver slugger scenario with like a big breakout season. But let's move to first base. I personally think there's one option here. Mm-hmm. Yandy Diaz of the Absolutely. Tampa Bay Rays. That man's absurd. He's been so good going on like four years and nobody cares about him. It's insane. He is consistently up there in average, hitting home runs, doesn't get a ton of RBIs because he bats up near the top of the lineup a lot of times for leadoff, but he's still very good. And he's got, obviously, a lot of good players around him that help him out, but Yandy Diaz is a big part of why the Rays have been successful for multiple years now. Yeah. And you think Nathaniel Lowe is up there just because, uh, you know, he won it last year? I think so. I, but I, think I, I, I love to... Shout out Tristan Cassis and Spencer Torkelson for getting here as rookies. Yeah. No. That's a big, yeah. big deal, especially at first base, uh, a position that is historically loaded in the MLB. Yeah, especially in the AL, too. <clears throat> yeah. Like, you're missing big names. Like, where's Vlad uh, and a couple of those other guys? But Spencer Torkelson was the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Like, that's the easiest Him way and to play. Riley Green, like, every other week. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, Yandy Diaz is clear. I mean, what he batted three thirty this season, posted like a nine thirty two OPS, something like that, which is just ridiculous, especially in the leadoff spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, but let's get into second base. Interesting options here. I went Marcus Simeon. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Brandon Drury is a good shout, but you'll find yes. him. He'll, you'll find him as a finalist somewhere else on this list too. And then uh, Glaber Torres. It seems like they just ran out of second baseman and picked him. I know he had a fantastic year considering he's Glaber Torres, but not anywhere close to touching Simeon. No. But I like the I like the Brandon Jewelry pool. I yeah. do. But yeah, no, we're going we're going Marcus Simeon all day. Yeah. Um third base or sorry, shortstop, Corey Seeger for me. Yeah. Well, Once what, again, the final, the you final factor like- in you factor in base running? I might start thinking about Bobby Witt. Oh, 100%. Otherwise, Corey Seager, far and away. J.P. Crawford, great season, but 
doesn't touch Corey Seager. And Corey Seager, like he he missed some time. But nah, he was but like he, he missed some time, came back, got enough plate appearances to the point where he was a qualified hitter and then led in like everything. Yeah, dude. Like he a, he gave Shohei Otani a real run for AL MVP. I don't think he'll win it, but he gave him a good ass yeah. run. Yeah, no, absolutely. If they counted for postseason, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh but, but let's uh Let's move on to third base. This one, there's not a good option. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, it's not a good option. I, you know, dude, it's, I personally like like J-Ram. Like, okay. I, that, that's it I was like. between J-Ram and my eventual winner. I couldn't possibly tell you what pushed him over the top for me. I went with Rafael Devers, and I think the two of them were in very similar situations last year where it was like, my entire team sucks. <laughs> like everybody yeah. on my team sucks. So I can't get RBIs and I can't really score runs, but the two of them do a fantastic job of just making offense out of themselves. I respect both of them. I just had to give Rafi the edge here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is why this is why it's our list. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see who, who ends up on top. All right. Catcher out of the rushman. Yeah, Adley Rushman. There's no Easy. About Salvi didn't even touch him. Didn't touch the numbers. And Cal Rowley didn't even touch the numbers of Salvador Perez, personally. Yeah, there's one obvious answer. Not even close. Yeah. Like, bro, 277, yeah. 20 homers, 80 RBIs. In your second season in the league, first full 162. Yeah. Christ. It's not even close. All right. Uh, here's another one that's not close. DH, Shohei Otani. Yeah, come on, man! Batted over three hundred. Yeah, and he hit so many home runs. Jordan Alvarez had a great year. That's cool. Shohei Otani had an even better year. Yeah, it is kind of crazy that Jordan is the defending AL Silver Slugger for DH. Yeah, but yeah, just a, a ridiculous year by Shohei. You you can't take it away from him. Um. Utility, though. Utility is interesting. Because I think there's very good picks here. Um, you have Brandon Drury, who we talked about earlier. Gunnar Henderson. Isaac Paredes, who was also there for third base. And Whit Merrifield. I went Isaac Paredes. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm... Dude, I... I, I like Brandon Drury. I, that's that's who I ended up going it, with. For me, but, it was between the two of them. Gunner didn't quite produce enough numbers yeah. to get up there for me. Um, it went Merrifield. Very good utility player. I just didn't see enough. Not enough. Not enough. But I'm going Brennan Jewelry. All right. Uh, let's hop over to the National League side then. We'll start with our outfielders. Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, of course. If they're not on your list, you're absurd. But... I think it's a tight race between the rest of these guys. So the other guys you have going down the list, Cody Bellinger, Corbin Carroll, Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Seiya Suzuki, all of these guys do things very differently. Yeah. So I, it's, it's weird. It's like you said, if you were to account for base running, I like, I Corbin Carroll would be my third. Yeah. But 
I I went Cody Bellinger. So did I. He had like, a great that, year. Cody Bellinger batting over three hundred is crazy. Yeah. He looked comfortable in the pinstripes over there. Yeah, not the Yankee pinstripes, but the Chicago yeah. Cub pinstripes. And like for me, Schwarber strikes out way too much. Yeah, he's like Max Muncie. It's either yeah. a home run or a strikeout. Yeah, Juan Soto didn't contribute enough in the like he RBIs. He does. He does walk too much. Yeah, he doesn't get RBIs because he walks too much. Um, yeah. And then say Suzuki just not as good as Cody Bellinger for the same team. You know, it's hard to take him. I will say I do appreciate his drop pot fly though. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do, do too. I know. I know Bellinger's probably pissed. I, I know the D backs do too. Got them in the I, fucking playoffs. I was about to say, if he catches that ball, <laughs> D backs don't go to the playoffs. No. Um, that is actually insane to think about. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Absolutely absurd. Yeah. Got him all the way to a World Series. Um, but first base. Battleson. Oh, yeah. Pete Alonso sucks. Yeah. Um, I. You got to hit a ton of home runs at first base. That's the way I see it. Freddie had a fantastic year. I cannot shit on Freddie Freeman for the year he had. Matt Olson is absurd. Yeah, he's just he's out here breaking records, man. I'm just going to say for the rest of the, you know, I'm going to sound so biased. But I genuinely believe in what I've How can you? Literally, we had the best offense in baseball. Exactly. We should have a lot of silver sluggers. Exactly. So... Let's move to second base. Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies. <laughs> Dude, Luis Arias does nothing but hit singles, and his second half of the year was god-awful. Do we know what, we, what he finished at? He finished at 354, which still led the league. But considering in, I think, early July, maybe it was late June, he still was batting 400, and he dropped yeah. off that hard is crazy. Yeah, man, too. But like you said, all he did was hit singles. That yeah. is it. Yeah, I value slugging percentage when I'm looking at this because it means that you're hitting for more than just singles. A lot of the time, he has a horrible slugging percentage. But Ozzy had one of his best hitting years ever. He put up career best numbers, hitting 33 homers, a 124 OPS plus, and was part of just an absurdly good offensive lineup. And then for Cattell Marte, it was just a matter of like, he, he played... Very good. I've yeah, seen him play better. Like, I've seen him have better years than this. Yeah. He just looked very consistent. Yeah. You know? Not, like, explosive. Just yeah. consistent. The best. I like that. Shortstop was hard. I don't think any of them deserve it. No. Not at all. It, it Coincidentally, all four of these guys signed deals in this past summer. Yeah. For Weird. you know, for, for the regular season, can I just insert a line? Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna insert Orlando Arcia. <laughs> I, I don't think he deserves it. Uh, no, personally, I oh. took Francisco Lindor. Yeah, sadly, that's yeah. Bogarts, Trey Turner. Bogarts was not good after the first what two weeks of the season. Um, yeah. Trey Turner, Trey Turner wasn't, wasn't good until the good. last two weeks of the season, <laughs> and then Dansby was just average all year as he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. But yeah, I like Lindor. Lindor is just, yeah, you know, like he has that more explosive type feel. Yeah, and in a 30-30 season. Not bad. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. it's a shit list. I don't want to talk about it. It is a shitty list. Uh, third base, though. Austin Riley. If you're uh, if you got a list I'm, of I'm, Nolan I'm, Arenado, Manny Machado, Max Muncie, and Austin it's Riley. Austin Riley, hundred percent. Yeah, Austin Riley hit what I think the most homers of the group with thirty seven. Mm-hmm. He had easily the best batting average. Mm-hmm. Like he literally won, like was leading in like every stat except like slugging out of this whole group. Yeah, and I, he still slugged five sixteen. Yeah, like is that's good. No, like, like you can't. There is fucking no chance you give this award to Nolan Arenado. I want that to be known. He doesn't even no. deserve to be a finalist. No, he can keep his gold gloves. That's yeah, it. Yeah, which he didn't get. He didn't even get nominated for this year, so no more gold glove streak for him. Oh. Uh, but like Machado was okay. Didn't play like the whole last month of the season, so that kind of hurt him. And um, Max Muncy strikeout rate was like 30 30 percent of the time that's correct you can't be a silver slugger if you can't Max hit Mon- the ball Max should not even be on this list no um but our uh our catchers i went with william Contreras. yeah he uh, i think he easily had the best season of this bunch with uh sean murphy jc ramuto and will smith obviously Contreras got significantly more at bats than all three of them but I think JT has kind of had a pretty bad couple of years as a batter. At least the last two haven't been quite up to par. Sean Murphy started off fantastic. His first half of the season was crazy good. Got a little beat up, really slowed him down. Um, and then we started seeing a lot more Travis Darno. And then for Will Smith, a good year. But how did he only finish with 19 homers? Yeah, he just he, he kept the ball in the park. Yeah, and, and 76 RBIs for on a Dodgers team where he bats like fourth or fifth. Not great. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me how he could do that. Let's go to DH. Yeah. I took Azuna. You too. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Dude, Bro, you can't fight it. He batted. He was so good. How the fuck can you say that Marcelo Zuna amongst this group Batting 274? Yeah. Significantly listen, higher than everybody else. Listen, if we're talking postseason, I'm taking Bryce Harper all day. Of course. But we're not. No. And honestly, shouldn't Bryce Harper be in the first baseman's category? That's what I'm saying. He didn't play. Like, I don't think he played that much DH. He might have, um, and I could just be wrong. I feel like he, he didn't was, play that much. He was mainly first base. Yeah, but they just knew he had no shot of making it in at first base. Yeah, but like J just... J D Martinez only hitting three thirty or thirty three homers. That's a bad year for him, bitch. But Ozuna, forty homers, a nine oh five OPS for Marcel Ozuna. Oz- Ozuna from the Braves. Correct. Put your hands on the car. <laughs> And then Solaire just like not quite enough for me. Yeah, dude, it's like he was on a tear there for oh, a yeah. where he was just. Like, I think like, what was it? Was it uh, April or June where he hit like eighteen homers? I think it was June. Yeah, yeah, because he was tormenting the Braves in June. Yeah, but you know, rumor has it he might. You know, we just no, we we're not we're, de- back. We're, we're declining Eddie Rosario. 
the option. That's good. And we just declined. Uh, wait, I just saw something about uh, Brad Hand. I think we picked him back up. Uh, no, we declined. Oh yeah, Brad Hand did. seven million mutual option. Yeah. Interesting. I th- I thought he wasn't that bad. Oh, he was. He was very. Usable. I think seven million's a little bit too much for a guy who is very much a lefty on lefty specialist. Let's let's bump it down a couple couple mil. Yeah, we could still, you know, if they mutually declined, I have a feeling that maybe the Braves are like, would you take it for less? Yeah. But, let's you know. 345. <laughs> let's make, I, let's propose a trade. <laughs> All right, utility All right, player. Cody Bellinger finds himself on this list as well as Mookie Betts. I think it's unfair to go with either of them because I have them both winning. Um, yeah. in their actual positions. Uh, Mookie did play a decent amount of second base, a couple of shortstop starts, and Cody found himself in, at first base a couple of times for the Cubs. But to me, it's between Haas Young Kim and Spencer Steer, and it 100% goes to Spencer Steer. Yeah, 100%. Another rookie. Yeah. Just 23 homers and an 820 OPS in your rookie season is crazy. And I know Haas Young Kim had a good season. I'm not taking that away from him. Not enough. Of a good season. Yeah. Spencer Steer just had a better. Yeah. Yeah. Better season for Spencer Steer. So that's, uh, that's the silver sluggers. A lot more, a lot more agreeing <laughs> on the NL side. Um, since well, I you wonder know, why we didn't disagree <laughs> at all. We, we know ball. That's true. We do know ball. No I'm, ball. I'm sure we're going to get none of these wrong. <laughs> I don't think we will. I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the gold gloves real quick? Like, just run through them real quick. Who won? Yeah. Okay. American League, first base, you have Nate Lowe. Second base, really? Andre Jimenez. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's his second consecutive year. Third Both base, Matt Chapman. Makes sense for the Blue Jays. Uh, shortstop, Anthony Volpe. Really? Wow. That's, that's interesting. Wow. Boy, he, him, uh, and, him and Jeremy Pena, back-to-back rookies. Huh. Interesting. 15 okay. defensive runs saved. That's good. That's, that that's, is really that's good. a great, great year. Great year with the glove. Yeah. Youngest shortstop to win uh, gold glove. I believe it. The kid's a baby. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, catcher, Jonah Heim. Makes sense. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's great. Nasty. Uh, pitcher Jose Barrios. Nobody cares about a pitcher yeah. unless it's Max Freed or bring back, Tom Glavin. Bring back Silver Stringer not Tom for Glavin, a pitcher. Greg Maddox. Yeah. Well, if they would actually hit, that'd be cool. Uh, left field, Stephen Kwan. Two Guardians? Yeah. Uh, a second Blue Jay, Kevin Kiermeyer. What? At 33 years old. Fourth Wild. gold glove of his career. Wild. Uh, right field, Adolis Garcia. Nice. Wow. It's all it's all the hose pieces. To hold. Yeah. That's wild. Average arm strength of ninety three miles per hour. He had eleven outfield assists and ranked ninety fifth percentile among qualified outfielders. Damn, son. Crazy and uh, utility, Mauricio Dubon makes sense. He was great. Uh, in the National League, first base goes to Christian Walker. I like that. Yeah. He played a, he played a great first base. Yeah. 
I, I like that they wrote this. Christian Walker is no longer as underrated as he once was. I like that. <laughs> that is very true. Um, yeah. Yeah, 11 outs above average, leading all first basemen in the MLB. Uh, second base, Nico Horner. Not bad. I don't hate the list. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. Um, yeah, tied with uh, Bryce Terang for the lead league amongst second basemen with 12 defensive runs saved. He becomes the fifth Cubs second baseman to win a gold glove. That's wild. Five in your team's history is crazy. Uh, third base, Cabrian Hayes. Wow. I did not think a pirate was going to be on here. Me neither. But a stat cast field run, or a fielding run value of 13. First Pirates third baseman to win a gold glove. That's surprising, even when they had Todd Frazier. He was not that good in the field, though. He was... He was- yeah, first he, he first time in a, first time in eleven years, the third baseman not named Nolan Arenado took home in El Gold Glove. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it's over. <laughs> yeah. He's retired now. Uh, shortstop, Dansby. They got the Cubs middle infield. Too bad they couldn't make the fucking playoffs. Yeah, man. <clears throat> but like career high, eighteen defensive runs saved, led all shortstops. Fielding run value of 15. Um, just, yeah, a great year on the ground. Catcher, Gabriel Moreno of the D-backs. Yeah. Now we're starting to see where the people weren't knowing why the D-backs were winning. They played good defense. Gabriel Moreno, 20 defensive runs saved behind the plate. Caught stealing above average, 9. The best in the MLB. Um First Diamondbacks catcher to win a gold glove. Wow. And to think, he only played 19 major league games before this season behind the plate. That was with the Blue Jays, right? Yeah. So uh, sixth youngest catcher to win the gold glove. Uh, Pitcher, Zach Wheeler. Sure. (laughs) I guess. Uh, But in the outfield, Ian Happ, another Cub. Looks like the Cubs are playing some solid defense. 12 D back. Wow. 12 outfield assists and a 10.7 ultimate zone rating in 2023. He was making most of Yeah, he was uh he made the most above average distance catches of center uh, of left fielders. That's insane. Uh okay. center field a rocky Brenton Doyle. Excuse me. Wow, the rookie. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. Set the StatCast record, 105.7 mile-per-hour throw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. Ridiculous. So he he won the award for one throw. No, he also led all of baseball with a fielding run value of 21. That's good. Yeah, very good. Uh, In right field, you're not going to fucking believe this. Don't even say it. Fernando Tatis Jr. Don't. How? How is this kid? No. Last Dude, two years ago when he was trying to play in the outfield, he couldn't fucking catch a ball to save his life. This year, he led the MLB in defensive runs saved. 29. 
That's ridiculous. His average arm strength of 96.6 only trailed Nolan Jones in the National League. And he only played 24 games in the outfield before then. Before this season. Yeah. He shouldn't be allowed to win this one. It's absurd that he did, though. And uh, utility is uh, fellow Padre, Haas Young Kim, one of the best defenders in the league. He's nasty. Yeah, he makes crazy plays. Um, he had uh, 10 defensive runs saved at second base, um, and he also played at third and shortstop. Is it is it is it crazy that there was no Braves? Uh, I don't think so. Like, like I, know, I, I think Riley, Riley, Riley was a nominee. He made a good Michael move. Harris, I think, was a nominee. That's a surprising one for me. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll give it to Brenton Doyle. That that um, what what was the big stat? Yeah, the the leading all of baseball in uh, fielding run value with twenty one is absurd, especially for a a rookie center fielder. So I, I think I'll give him his credit for that one, but um. That's enough of the baseball talk for now. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk college football as we do, and um, it starts off week nine, number two. We'll start with uh, our ranked versus ranked matchups. Then we'll go to upsets. Then we'll go to the top teams. But we have a ranked versus ranked matchup at the top. Number two, Georgia, thirty. Number twelve, Missouri, twenty-one. Just Great squeezing game. it out. Great game. Yeah, it was wire to wire. Mizzou looked good. They were in it the whole game. Yeah. They were they, leading. Yeah, they were leading in the first quarter. Um, but Georgia just finds a way, man. Yeah, it's not even Dejan like a, Edwards. Not a great game from anybody. You know, Dej yeah, Dejon Edwards and Kendall Milton both had efficient days on the ground. Not their best appearances, but Carson Beck, 21 for 32, 254, two touchdowns. Not amazing, certainly not bad. Um, Lad McConkey leading the receivers with 95 yards. After him, Rao Rao Thomas with 36. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're seeing with Brock Bowers out, they're really looking to Lad McConkey. Yeah. Like, without a, without a doubt. Yeah, and I, I definitely don't blame them. No, not at all. Uh, but on Missouri's side, it just seemed like Brady Cook – couldn't quite get like huge, huge plays off against this Georgia defense. And they kind of just pressured him a lot, made him throw a lot of incomplete passes. But Theo Weiss, five receptions, 90 yards. Luther uh, Burden, the third, who left the game for a little bit, a couple drives, comes back into the game, three receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. But the big thing for Missouri that kept him in it was Cody Schrader on the ground, 22 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, no, he's been he's been great all year. Yeah. Doing this against team. And also, bro, can we talk about this name? Mookie Cooper. Solid. It's a great name. Absolutely great name. Yeah. What about Realist George Jr.? No. That's that no way that's second to last on Missouri's defense. That's nasty. Niles. Is it Gaty? Gaddy? Yeah, Niles. that one's solid. Niles Gaddy. Ennis no, no, Rakestraw no. Jr. 
dude. How have we never ta- how have we never talked about Missouri before? I don't know. They but no, um Yeah, I mean this was the matchup everyone was looking at. Like I know yeah. everybody overhyped the Kentucky matchup, but don't forget about next this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that Ole Miss, Georgia? Yeah. Is it is it at It's in Athens, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that game. But we'll talk about it. Yeah. But this, no, this was a great game. You're right. This was a game that was certainly circled on the schedule after the first couple of weeks with Missouri off to a great start. They've been playing great. And this wasn't an exception. They still played good football. Georgia just outplayed them like they have with all of their opponents. It's it's those small moments where you think they're giving up and they don't, and it changes the course of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, hundred percent. Let's get into the next one, though. Number five, Washington, 52, USC, 42. Number 20, USC, 42. Uh, hit the over. That's 75 and a half over. Uh, easy. <laughs> a nice 94-point total. Uh, Michael Penix, not even like a, a crazy game. The crazy game goes to Dylan Johnson on the ground. 26 carries, 256 yards, <laughs> four touchdowns. Yo. Yo. Dylan Johnson had the same amount of rushing yards as Michael Penix had passing yards. Yeah, which Penix, 22 for 30, 256, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, but not a bad game for him. And, um, no, not at all. He also ran in a touchdown himself, but Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, having solid games. Jalen Polk got a touchdown. Devin Culp, two receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. But for some reason, the story of the game here, the run game for Washington. Obviously, they game planned well for USC because we know they can't defend the run, but USC kind of did it back to them. 11 carries for Austin Jones, 127 yards, and um, you also had Darwin Barlow, two carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Relique Brown had a rushing touchdown. Caleb Williams had a rushing touchdown. But Caleb bests Michael Penix's performance, in my mind, 27 for 35, two, or 312, and three touchdowns, no picks. A much better performance after a couple of shaky weeks. This was a better game by USC. Yeah. Much better. But, like we said, the defense of the Pac-12, non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, if you were looking for a fun and exciting game to watch, go watch a Pac-12 game. Oh, yeah. I've said this multiple times. I have loved watching the Pac-12. Taj Washington, wow. Eight receptions, 122, and a touchdown. Brendan Rice had a great touchdown catch. He had 44 yards. Uh, Mario Williams as well had a good touchdown catch. But overall, just a ridiculous offense for USC. But Washington just buffed up in that fourth quarter. Finally got him to stop scoring. The offense you know, gave him some support. But wow, that defense really showed up in the fourth quarter. Something that I wasn't expecting. I, I thought this game was for sure going to stay close all all the way through, and they end up with a 10-point win after being tied going into the fourth. Yeah, and it, it was uh, the late-game turnover. Yeah. It's really what hurt. But, no, overall, fun, exciting game to watch. Uh, I mean, just shows you Washington can compete with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I they certainly have continued to prove why they should be up at the top. They just need a Big Ten team to lose. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but let's get into the next game. Um, we've got 
number seven, Texas, 33, number 23, Kansas State, 30. And this one should have gone to overtime. Yeah. Kansas State honestly made a horrible decision in my mind. I get it. You want to win the game. But take it to overtime. You were on a – okay, well, it, it did go to overtime. Get the field goal and continue the overtimes. Mm-hmm. You had them bent over in the fourth quarter. You put up 16 points just to send it to overtime. You look great. And then in overtime, you just give up. I, I don't get it. I didn't personally like watch this game. I watched that, uh... a lot of the beginning. I wasn't able to watch the end because uh, I was driving home from work. But for this whole game, Texas looked great. You in Kansas State just starts crawling back in that second half. Really, in the fourth quarter, they get it, and they just give up on their chance to win this game by going for it. Yeah, it seem it seems like Texas was really held together by two people. Yeah, Jonathan Brooks, Ad Mitchell. Yeah, that looks about what the offense was surrounded. Yeah, yeah. CJ Baxter had a great game. Ten carries, ninety yards. Xavier Worthy, five receptions, 48 yards. After that, that's really about it. I mean, Malik Murphy, 19 completions on 37 attempts, 248 yards, one touchdown, but two picks. Yeah, a lot of overthrowing in this game for Malik Murphy. Um, it, it, it didn't see like watching the game in real time didn't seem like his game was that bad. It was a lot of incompletions on third down. Mm. That was the problem. But on Kansas State's side, Will Howard started off slow, picks it way up in the second half, and looks great considering they had, could not find a run game to save their lives. Um, they still look good. Will Howard, 26 for 42. That's a lot of attempts, but 327, four touchdowns, only one pick. And um, you really spread the ball in this offense as well. You know, costly fumble by Will uh, Will Howard, but the same goes for Jonathan Brooks, who lost one. And I think overall, this one came down to the coach. You can't go for it. I, I don't know how many times I could say that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just bonehead move right there. Yeah, and, like, I get it. Cause, so they had, like, I think it was, like, a 27-yarder or something. Their kicker missed one of those earlier in the game. Mm. But still. You gotta give him another chance. Exactly. But yeah, it just—it seems boneheaded to me. I'm not a coach. Uh, next game though, number eight Alabama, forty-two. Number fourteen LSU, thirty. Sorry, twenty-eight. Looking at the wrong score. It's a great game. It was. I, I'll give it to y'all. You guys will, played I'm great. I'm just gonna. I will say this. First, uh, going into halftime, I'm like, great. This is going to be a fucking 49 to 49 nail biter at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then we killed Jaden Daniels. Yeah. That's a, a good way to describe <laughs> it. Um, he got clobbered. Once Jaden Daniels left the game, the like the game was over. I still don't think you guys should be happy that that's how you won. No. Uh, listen, I'm not happy. But, like, here's the thing. Our defense looked ten times better. Yes. And that's I'll give you that. It came out. Uh, and the Can... secondaries were able to control Malik Neighbors. Yeah. 
and uh, Logan Diggs, everything like that. We were able to control them. Yeah, uh, it sucks what happened to Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer probably didn't even practice this week. He There was a 0% chance he ever came into this game. Yeah, what's that? Uh, what's that old like comedy TV series? It was like Blue Mountain State. Yeah, that's him. That's him. That's him. Basically, yeah, he loves to. He's uh, to be the Alex Moran. Is, I think he, that's the, the guy's yeah, name. He loves to be the backup quarterback. That's fair. Um, but yeah, this was a big game for uh, quarterbacks running. Eleven carries oh. for Jaden Daniels, hundred and sixty-three yards and a touchdown. But Jalen Milrow somehow beats that. 20 carries, 155 yards, four rushing touchdowns. In total, you scored six touchdowns in the game, all rushing, with Jace McClellan getting his own and Roydell Williams, who had a sneaky, very good game. Six carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. He's like a mini Pacheco the way he runs, man. Mm. He runs so angry. Yeah. But Jalen Milrow wasn't horrible in the air either. 15 for 23, 219, no touchdowns, but no picks. Yeah, he did what he needed to. Yeah, he had some overthrown balls, but like he trusted his arm in those situations. He looked more yeah. comfortable in the pocket, and he didn't have to scramble every fucking play. Yeah, and I will say for Jaden Daniels, um, he would not have been as good if Malik Neighbors was not amazing. Ten receptions, 171 yards, and a touchdown pretty much took up all of Jaden Daniels' passing yards. Yeah. I will say LSU had a lot of drops. Yes, they did. Mason Taylor, in specifically, had yeah. I think five drops. That I yeah, not but, good. Not good. Um, Harold Perkins finally looked good. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'll give him that. Uh, but Alabama's defense just too much, especially for Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah, Terry on Arnold, baby. Yeah, finally with a takeaway, he needed that. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about these teams too many times to go through names. Uh, yeah, Jacoby it's... and Guillory. Jaheim Otis. Uh, Ovi Aguafo. All right, yeah. enough. <laughs> right. Next, next game. We got to control our addiction to reading names off of a computer screen. Um, next game to. Not only finish off the ranked versus ranked matchups, but to start the upsets. Number 22, Oklahoma State, 27. Number 9, Oklahoma, 24. Wow. Let's go. The final bedlam that has been scheduled. Wow. Dylan Gabriel had a pretty solid game, but Alan Bowman essentially matches him at it. And Ollie Gordon. Good God, what a running back. Though not the most efficient day, he had a lot of carries. 33, 137 and two touchdowns. Alan Bowman, the quarterback, rushed for a touchdown. I will say on Oklahoma's side, Gavin Sawchuk had an amazing game on the ground. 13 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown. That's eight and a half per carry. But Oklahoma State just barely gets the best of them. A lot of like very equal performances on each side for these teams. Like, you had the leading receiver for Oklahoma, Drake Stoops, 12 receptions, 134 yards, and a touchdown. But then Rashad Owens, 10 receptions, 136 yards. And then you had Jaleel Farouk, 7 receptions, 98. Brennan Presley, 8 receptions, 97. A lot of parallels on these offenses. Oklahoma State just kicks enough field goals. Yeah. I think the biggest thing here was just the turnovers, man. Yeah. 
Oklahoma State turned the ball over once. Oklahoma turned it over three times. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest thing when it comes down to because three points. But, yeah, Oklahoma State just looked better. Yeah. Like Gabriel, yeah, he threw for all those yards but couldn't get it in the end zone. Yeah, He got it in there once, but your receivers are having too good of games not to be able to get in there four to five times. Yeah, I agree. Um, Woody Washington. Woody with an I. Ooh. Ooh, let's see. John Terry. Oh, wait. Cody Waltersheed. What? Waltersheed? Shed? It's Walter something. Hudson Cack. All right. Yeah, that wins. <laughs> Next game. Another upset. Unranked Clemson beats number 15, Notre Dame, 23, <laughs> uh, 31 23 for Clemson. Kate Klubnik sucks. Wonder, I wonder who would have guessed that, that game. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, oh, Josh Allen, you suck. Looks like, like you uh, uh, painted your hair uh, to root for that team. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> are, are you wearing an orange sweatshirt as well? It's green. Fuck. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> Color blindness. <laughs> Got me again. Um, all right, back to the game. though. Cade Klubnik sucks. 109, one touchdown, one interception. But without Will Shipley, Phil Maffa. 36 carries, 186 yards, and two touchdowns. That name wins it. Yeah, I think Phil Moffa is one of the best. Uh, for Notre Dame, Sam Hartman continues to suck. He just he yeah. is not good. He started off so great against shitty teams. Up here? And it's just... Yeah, it's been a steady decline. Uh, Audrey Gastamay had a, still had a good game, 17 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Sam Hartman, good on the ground, 7 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. But outside of that, they couldn't get anything going. Their leading receiver had 35 yards, That's and it was on great. one reception. Rico Flores Jr. Good name. Um, yeah. But, you know, Clemson, kind of the same way. Neither of these teams could pass the ball, but Clemson's running game was just a little bit better. This game was shit. Yeah, there's not much to talk about here. How, Jeremiah how Trotter game? for Clemson had a great game. Two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, and led the team in tackles. How was this game 31-23? I don't know. Um, like, Notre Dame kicked three field goals, uh, which definitely contributed to it. But, yeah, Clemson, uh, you know, they did have the defensive touchdown. Jeremiah Trotter as well. He had an insane game, Jeremiah Trotter. Yeah. 11 total tackles, led the entire game, tied for the lead in solo tackles with seven, had two sacks, more than double Notre Dame, uh, two and a half tackles for loss, and the touchdown. Just crazy. Great game. Uh, Absolutely. But let's move on to the next one. Arizona, who just loves playing upset, 27, number 19, UCLA, 10. Yeah, Dude. Man. Arizona just has some big wins over good teams. They've now beaten, out of their six wins, some of them being Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA, three weeks straight. They start off the season three and three. 
with losses to Mississippi State, Washington, and USC. And then they win three straight, all against ranked opponents. Crazy. And now they have Colorado next week, who sucks. Colorado is ass. Um, And then you play Utah. Luckily, you're in Arizona, so you don't have to deal with that environment. And then you finish off at Arizona State. This team could win nine games. Yeah. They can get them a, that, they can get them a bowl game. Yeah. They already have a bowl game, but they could get a good one. Um, Ethan Garbers looked like shit. 13 for 21, 143, really didn't do anything. Um, Dante Moore came in, also didn't really do anything. They couldn't run the ball efficiently. They they ran it amongst multiple people. None of them did it well. For Arizona, Noah Fifida? I don't think we've decided on how to say it. 300 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Fida. Fida? I'm a guess. Okay. Fida. And um, how would you guess what their uh, leading wide receiver's first name is? Tatero. 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 Okay. McMillan. Uh, Four receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Great game. Yeah. Good game for him. And Wildcats. Goes away with a win. Crazy. Crazy oh, shit. Oh, wow. That's baby. Um, next game, though, Army 23 over number 25 Air Force, who only puts up a measly three points. This one hurt me. It did. Yeah, well, it's probably due to the fact. Did you look at the uh, the passing leader? Yeah. For Air Force, Zach Larriere. Nine completions on 22 attempts. Maybe after a couple of them, you stop throwing the ball. He also led in rushing for their team. Yeah, that's true. But Bryson Daly for Army, their quarterback, four for nine, 40 yards. Not a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, we need the next stat line. Yeah, uh, he also ran... 36 times for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, This is the most service academy game ever. (laughs) An 8-0 Air Force at home loses to unranked 2-6 Army 23-3. Yeah, that's that's horrible. When there's not even a combined... 150 passing yards. Yeah. Yeah. Very service academy. Got to be some good names here, though. I didn't even think about that. Ajahn Marshall. Let's see. Bo Nicholas Paul. Oh, that's three that's... first names. John Lee Eldridge Third. Quindrellen Hammonds. Zach Juckel. Osaro Aihi. Jaden, they're, they're good. That's good. Yeah, that's a solid one. Jonathan Youngblood. Bo Richter. This man's out here playing Wizards 101. <laughs> Jalen Mergerson. All right. Yeah, enough of that one. Shout out. Bo Nicholas Paul had two interceptions. Yeah, that's great. Great game for him. But um, enough of that. Let's talk about the uh, the top teams and their results. Number one, Ohio State. Ugh, I hate I hate even just saying number one, Ohio State. Thirty five, Rutgers sixteen. 
It was fucking close. Rutgers took a lead into the second half, nine to seven. But luckily, uh, Ohio State has this guy named Trayvon Henderson, and he is very good at football. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, they gave up sixteen to Rutgers. They should not be number one. Next, <laughs> you you at least want to find a name. Yeah, it can be on what's, Rutgers. What's uh, Rutgers running back? Kyle. Manon guy? Yeah, that wins. What about Jaquay Jackson? Oh, nah, Flip, Robert, Flip Dixon. No, Robert Longerbeam. I think Flip, Dips, bit, Flip Dixon is better. Oh, dude, I don't know. Flynn Appleby. Appleby. The, the punter. Yeah, the punter. Yeah, Flynn Appleby. It's not bad. That's fuck. All right, next game, though. Fuck Ohio State. Uh, number three, Michigan 41, uh, Purdue 13. I'm going to assume Purdue didn't get the chance to, uh, change their signals. Yeah, probably not. But also, since when does J.J. McCarthy throw for over 300 passes? That's what I'm saying. Blake Corum had a shit day. 15 carries, 44 yards. Donovan Edwards, much worse. But yeah, he had three touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah, and, and Donovan Edwards, eight carries, 21 yards, but he had a touchdown. Seems like JJ McCarthy can get him down the field. He just can't pass in the red zone. Yeah, Roman Wilson got him down there, but yeah, yeah, tough game for Purdue. Hudson Card is just not good. All right, yeah, I think that's enough of that one. Tyrone Tracy Jr. Yep, that's the winner. Don't even need to keep looking. <laughs> uh, my number four, Florida State Seminoles. We, we get to get that. Yep. Number uh yeah, number four, Florida State, uh twenty four pit seven. This was a defensive game, and I think it was gonna be from the start. No Trey or sorry, no Keon Coleman, no Johnny Wilson. It was gonna be defensive. But Jaki Douglas won a hell of a game. Six receptions, 115 yards. Jordan Travis still making do without his two best wide receivers, had three hundred and sixty yards and a touchdown. But Trey Benson, with a huge 55-yard run, big rushing touchdown, got 12 carries, 97 yards, and that touchdown. George Travis ran one in himself, too. Um, Pitt had us for a minute. They had the lead. It was 0-0 after the first. They had the lead in the second. uh, But we come back, we score 10 unanswered, and then put on another 14 in the third, and then just play some defense from there. Yeah. Sebo Flemister. Wow, that is a fucking fantastic name. Not as good as Gavin Bartholomew. No, I think Sebo yeah. beats that Bub, at Flemister. Bub, Bub memes means. Yeah, he's a very good wide receiver. He's huge. Yeah, too bad he lost a fumble. True. Uh, Bang- they got fire names, bro. Yeah, Bengali Look at their fumble. Kamara. Yes, dude. Konata Mumfield. Defense Bruce isn't Brookins. great. Braylon Lovelace. They got great names. I'll give it to him. Solid puncher too, Caleb Junko. Oregon uh, put a fucking whoop yeah. in on Cal. <laughs> yeah, number six, Oregon, sixty-three. The Cal Golden Bears, nineteen. Ooh. The thing is, going into the second quarter, it's fourteen dead. Bo Nix, six total touchdowns. 
386 and four in the air and uh, three yards, two touchdowns, which considering sacks um, changes things. But Tez Johnson, 180 yards and two touchdowns on 12 receptions. Bro. Ooh. Damn. Yeah, Bucky Irving had a good game too. 18 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Um, But, yeah, this game was absolute domination. Oregon only was up 14-10 after the first quarter and then scored 21 points in the second quarter, 7 in the third, and another 21 in the fourth. Yeah, so they they just played the second and the fourth. No, they played every quarter. They put up a touchdown in all of them. Yeah. (laughs) But... Yeah, ri- ridiculous. Um, ooh, any good? Oh, Matthew Littlejohn on Cal. Yeah, that's fire. That's that's good. Trickweze Bridges for Oregon. Literally, Hopo Amuve 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 probably. Hopo. All right. Uh, last game of the top ten. Number 10, Ole Miss, 38. Texas A&M, 35. Real close one. Um, Jackson Dart had a great game, though. 24 for 33, 387, two touchdowns, no picks. Quinshawn Judkins, wow. 23 carries, 102, and three touchdowns. Not his most efficient day. Still a great one. Um, he's, he's back. <clears throat> yeah. Wait. Yeah, he's just he's not getting, like, the huge runs, but he's just consistently gaining a decent amount of yards, like, you know, getting Our. A, a very good amount of like ten plus yards, um, yeah, and of course it three touchdowns is huge. Um, looks great. Trey Harris though in the air, eleven receptions, two hundred nineteen or two hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown. He was Jackson Dart's go-to in this game. Yeah, that's insane. Next closest, Jordan Watkins, five receptions, forty-seven yards. No, it was Dayton Wade. Four receptions. Like, receptions. 80 receptions. Yards. Oh, receptions-wise, yeah. Um, but just a crazy game. And Max Johnson, not too bad on the other side. 31 for 42, 305, a touchdown and a pick. Amari Daniels and Le'Veon Moss both get a touchdown on the ground, as well as Max Johnson. Um, Jade Walker with 100 yards in the air. Um, Aeneas Smith with 83. But Ole Miss barely, barely edges him out, holds him off in the final uh, – in the fourth quarter, but way too close. Yeah, no, this should not have been that close. Yeah, that's why it worries me that Georgia's just gonna be just fine next week. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Um, but let's go ahead and um, we made a little bit of a change, so no more AP poll. So we're doing our college football top. 10 do you want to start at one or do you want to start with like our first teams out uh we can do oh dude what what do you want to do it i'd be down for the first teams out okay so we'll start with our first two out and then we'll kind of go down the list starting at 10 my first two out so at at 12 essentially i'm keeping oklahoma there only because it's between them and Oregon State. And to me, Oklahoma has better wins. They have the same kind of losses. One unranked opponent, one low 20s opponent, each of them. But 
I like Oklahoma's win over Texas significantly more than any of Oregon State's wins. Okay. So so you basically saying 12 and 11 are Oklahoma Penn State? No, I've actually got just... Louisville at 11. Louisville at 11. Okay. That's I was curious. I had Louisville at 12. Okay. And then I I had I had Penn State at 11. Okay. That's that's what I had. Okay, so I have um I have Ole Miss staying at 10 with how close their win was and then yeah. I have Penn State going up to 9. Okay, I have Yeah, I have Penn State or I have Ole Miss at 10. Um dude, wait. Can I not read right now? <laughs> no. Dude, all right. Refresh. Okay. Refresh. Cool. 12, Louisville. Gotcha. 11, Oklahoma. Got it. Okay. That was the discrepancy. Yeah. 10, I have Penn State. Got it. And then Ole Miss. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was I was thinking about putting Ole Miss up there. I it just That was way too close of a game with A&M. Yeah, no, it it is. I just, I don't know. I, I, I know their defense is better than what that we just saw against A and M. Yeah, it it honestly is. They've had a couple of weird games to really put off. Sorry, Buffalo just tried to run some stupid flea flicker type. I'm shit watching it right it now. Didn't work. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm facing Josh Allen in fantasy. Um. All right. So number eight. Who do you have? This one's interesting. Eight, I I still have Bama at eight. I have Texas at eight. The thing is, like, they how... went all the way to OT. Yeah, but the thing is, I that head to head. I don't care. I I yeah. think if you're, I I and I know that there's injuries and stuff, but Alabama's got to deal with them too. It just isn't to their quarterback. Yeah. So for me, Texas played a shit game. It's not just because of their quarterback that they played a bad game and went all the way to overtime, whereas Alabama beat the number 14 team in the nation by, what, 14 points? Yeah. Like, that's a way bigger deal to me. I think Texas stays where they are. Al- or te- what, does Texas move down, technically? Yeah. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what this was going to be like. Cause so, really, honestly, I would put Alabama at one. Okay, well, <laughs> no, but I'm gonna keep Alabama where they're at right now. Okay, yeah, I, I, I same put, with Texas. Okay, I put Texas at seven, just flipped them. Um, then I do have Oregon, Washington staying still. Yeah. All right. Just I I feel like Washington can outshoot them on offense, yeah, right? For me, yeah, it, it's like I I think Oregon's a more complete team, and I think Washington's better. Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> they're both really good. Yeah. Um, I've got FSU just staying at four. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a slowdown offense. If we would have really blew them out of the water, maybe I would have considered you know jumping some cheaters. But um, Michigan stays at three for me. Mm-hmm. Ohio I, State's I, number two in the nation. I, I I had a hot take with uh with Mike earlier, and oh my, what just happened? God. Bro, what Dalton Kincaid hold on to the freaking ball? <laughs> the... Wow. 
that's a that's a fumble. Yeah, that's tough. Paid, man. That's tough. Uh, what were you saying? You said you got a yeah. heated argument with Mike. Sorry. Yeah, because I, you know, was making a little bit of the argument that Michigan could be up there with how dominant they looked, but I they also they don't play remember. anybody. You didn't let me fucking finish. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just I, I can't let you I say that. I literally just said I counter argued my statement by saying they didn't play anybody. Okay, good. I'm glad. But I'm really looking forward to their matchup with Penn State. Yes. Fun I fact: really up to this point, Michigan, um, one of the twentieth easy or twentieth easiest schedules in FBS. Yeah, that's crazy for a perennial top tier team now. Yeah. To be playing that bad of teams. And they're cheating. Yeah, Ohio State, number two, Jesus Georgia, number one. Christ. Uh, apologies to everybody that's listening to this. Um, I'm, I'm not turning that down. I forgot what? I changed my mic. Yeah, you did change your mic, so it's a way louder when you get close to it. Um, yeah, Ohio State is number two, 100%. Yeah. Don't care about the first AP, or the first college football playoff poll. Ohio State is not the number one team in the nation. It's still Georgia. The number two. It is still Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say that because like I've I've shit on Georgia quite a few times this year. I shit on Ohio State week after week. Yeah, they just I I I don't trust Kyle McCord to go into a college football playoff and lead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you put when it comes down to picking one or two, a lot of times it, it's up in the air. When you look at these two teams. I think there is a zero fucking percent chance that Kyle McCord has a good day against Georgia. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah. The the only way Ohio State wins is Travion Henderson going insane. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's crazy that Georgia's not number one. I know people get mad about the argument of like looking at past years. But the thing is is that that's how the AP poll works. That's how we judge things going forward. And then when the college football playoff ranking starts, you at least got to look at the AP poll for reference. Because, especially at the top, because they didn't change much up at the top. But down at the bottom is where you see the discrepancies. You see where people are like, okay, strength of schedule matters because a team like Air Force goes from, I think, number 18 is what they were in the AP last week, but they were number 25 in the CFP. Um, yeah, overall, I, I know that or, like Ohio State's not going to move. The college football playoff committee's not going to move them because they just they, they won 35-16 over a 6-2 and two team. But Georgia winning 21, or 30-21 over a 7-1 team that's number 12 in the country, in case we forgot, the college football playoff committee put them there and they're 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 not going to take the, the spot. Yeah, I, I like that. All right, well, that's the end of our top ten. I think I like that that format a little bit. Gives us a little more talking points when it comes to uh, rankings. But let's go ahead and talk about next week's biggest, 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 <laughs> uh, biggest matchups. Yeah, you know, starting on Thursday, November 9th. Oh. He's Give me Virginia Louisville. Fuck yeah. The two yes, win sir. Virginia Cavaliers. 
whose two wins come over William and Mary and a huge upset over North Carolina, uh, a close game. They almost beat Miami in overtime. Can we we see another upset here on a Thursday night in Louisville, Kentucky? As uh, a Florida State fan, I would love nothing more (laughs) because we don't get to play Louisville until probably uh, the ACC championship. Yeah. All right. You ready to bust out some matchups here? Yeah, UGA Ole Miss. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I know that, that Michigan-Penn State is this week. UGA Ole Miss is a bigger deal. Yeah, I'm taking Michigan-Penn State because you just took Georgia-Ole yeah. Miss. Uh, Washington-Utah. I think it's perfect that Michigan-Penn State's noon. Yes. And Ole Miss and Big Georgia. Big kickoff on Fox. And Ole Miss-Georgia. Is game day in Athens? Prime. I don't know. Well, it'd be worth finding out. I I I hope it is. I I fucking guarantee you, it's at State College. What What was the uh, the next one matchup you said? Um, Washington Utah. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes, uh, it is about, in Athens. I'm surprised. Tennessee, I'm surprised they didn't Missouri. suck the dicks of Penn State. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, matchup. at Missouri, so they're not at they're not in Knoxville. Yeah, Oregon, USC. I know Oregon's gonna beat the shit out of them, but it, it's gonna be high scoring. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, honestly, um, I'm feeling a little Florida LSU. I I, I don't hate it, especially if Jaden Daniels is gonna still be out. Yeah, if Jaden Daniels is out, Florida can win this game. Yeah. Um. All right, hear me out. Miami, Florida State. Like why why are we looking at this? It's a good game. Yeah. It's a historic rivalry. Yeah, historic rivalry that Florida State's gonna absolutely mollywop if they can get their receivers back. Yeah, that's the big if. Yeah, if not. I think Johnny Wilson will be back because he was a game time decision this past week. I don't know about Keon Coleman at all. Yeah. West uh, Virginia, Oklahoma. West Virginia can easily beat Oklahoma. If they run the ball. Their running back is good at West Virginia. Donaldson Jr. Yep. A uh, little midnight snack. Midnight snack over there. Air Force Hawaii. <laughs> the kidding. Rainbow Warriors. That is a baby. shit matchup. Air Force won't be ranked next week, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, yeah, Texas TCU could be surprising because Texas yeah. is not very good with Malik Murphy right now. Yo, um, yo, hear me out. Hear me out. Oklahoma State's got to go down to UCF. UCF is not very good, but I could see, I could see why that could end up being a very good game. Yeah, dude, the over under is sixty three and a half. Yeah, but Oklahoma State's only favored by two and a half. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, big big catch by Jamar. Oh, for real. R. How's he doing in fantasy? You know, uh, I can I can let you know real quick. Yeah, that would be nice. Kincaid um, lost some points. Let's see any good group of five matchups. You're on that. Why? Uh, why? Um. Ugh. I can tell you what, Jamar doesn't have UConn. James Madison is gonna be bad. Jamar is 8.1. Fuck. Yeah, it's not great. 
Uh, wow, there's no good matchups in the group of five. Not at all. Typically, there's uh, Texas State Coastal, Coastal Carolina. It's not bad. Both six and three. Who's Georgia Southern got? I don't know, but they lost to Texas State last week. Uh, yeah, Marshall. They got, yeah, they got whooped. Marshall. I like that. All right. Well, um, is it uh is it time to piss people off? Mm, little hot take season. Yeah, man. Stake your claim. All you want right. to go first, me? Nah, for the hundredth episode, I think the original host. All right. Should take his stake. I will. Maybe maybe we'll uh make another little viral clip out of this. We'll see. Hey, what, what we got? What we got? The dolphins are frauds. <laughs> I pointed it out on Friday, and we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Dolphins have not beaten a team above 500. They now have six wins against teams below 500, and their three losses are teams to above 500 that are above 500. Don't get me wrong; the offense is great. They're not good enough all around to beat the best of the best teams. They're gonna, they're probably gonna win their division unless the Bills have something to say about it, which. Eh, I don't know. Uh, but I can confidently say that the Dolphins have zero chance of getting past the first round of the playoffs. Zero chance. Even if they get to host it at home? Doesn't matter. There is no home field advantage there. On it, probably, it probably helps them out. Like, it helps other teams out, too, because it's going to be cold. So, you know, let's say they're hosting some team from up north. It's probably going to help them out. They don't have to play in the cold. Probably. But if the Dolphins have to go up north, they're going to get fucked. Yeah. Feed it to the guy who's used to playing in the cold. Feed Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Absolutely. But, like, think about it. First round, you got, like, the Bengals. Or the Ra- Oh, dude, first round at Baltimore? Fucked. Yeah, that's raps. They are fucked. That's raps. So yeah, I think the Dolphins are frauds. Okay. I, I, I think you're a little, little crazy for that one, but I don't think so. Beat a team I, that's I get, above five hundred. I, I, I get, I get your point. I get your point. All right, what you got? So, even. The Minnesota Vikings are real playoff contenders with Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. And you thought my take was bad? (laughs) They are real playoff contenders. Are you saying playoff contenders as in they can get to the playoffs or playoff contenders like they can win playoff games? Like they can win playoff games. No. Yes. No. Healthy Justin Jefferson. Joshua Dobbs in an environment where he can compete and actually win. He's got a way better coach than Kevin O'Connell. Maybe. Listen, I I like it because you get different looks with the uh, Minnesota Vikings and it opens up so many more play options. So, like, when Kirk was quarterback, listen, you know he wasn't mobile at all. Yeah. It's either going to the running back or it's going to Justin Jefferson. And it was almost always Justin Jefferson. Exactly. You got Josh Dobbs, who loves to spread the ball. 
He loves to hand it off, but he also loves to take it himself. You know, he we talk about it. He's guaranteed yes. that one touchdown run every fucking game. Sure. Listen, I like what's going on over there in Minnesota. They're on a five-game heater right now. Yeah. Look, I, I think they can win games for sure. But they have a hard schedule. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's talk schedules. Let's do this thing. Okay. They got the Saints. Okay, the next okay, never mind. Maybe their schedule isn't that hard. The next four weeks are wins. See? See? Well, actually, okay. Hold on. Saints will be tough. Saints it's will be gonna, tough. I think at the Broncos, they might not play well. Sunday night football. Sunday night football. I know I know that Kirk Cousins is the king of losing in primetime. But he ain't there. But maybe it's a little more, more of just a Vikings thing. Yeah. Because the whole but, team doesn't play well in primetime. But Bears, easy win Monday night football. What the fuck? Um, yeah. They get the back-to-back primetime? Yeah. Look at that. Just Raiders for Justin Raiders Jefferson. is a dub. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders is a dub. dub. But you go at the Bengals. You're at home versus the Lions. You go at or uh, you're at home versus the Packers. Which by that point in the season, I don't know what the Packers will be. So maybe they'll just be trying to play spoiler. But then you play yeah. the Lions in Detroit. You only have two weeks between playing them the first time and the last time. That's not going to bode well for them. Yeah, I. Here's the thing. I think I'm, I'm going to call it right now. They win out. They win week 10, win week 11, win week 12. They got to buy week 13. They win week 14. I'm going to fucking say it. They're going to beat the Bengals and win week no. 15. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I At that point in the season, they are not beating this Bengals team. And then, listen, they're going to drop week 16. They're going to win week 17 and they're going to drop week 18. So they're they're going to lose two more games this season. I think it, they're going to lose four more games. It's both against the Lions. I, I think they're losing four more either against is this, the is, is this your fucking stake your claim? No. I don't I don't believe so. I I am no. refuting your claim. No. I think they're going to lose four more games. Believe. No. So you you think they're going to lose Bengals, Lions, Lions and who else? Packers? Either Packers or Broncos. They're not losing the Broncos. You don't know that. The Chiefs just I'm lost sorry. to the Broncos last week. Okay, I'm sorry, but At Josh, mile does, high. Josh does does not have the fucking flu. I don't care. It, it, what are you smoking? Because I want to We don't know if he won't have the flu by then either. Just saying. Yeah, yeah honestly, we know. What uh, uh isn't it like what week tw- is week twelve when Jed is supposed to be coming back? I'm not sure on his timetable at the moment. I know he's available to come back week ten, so next week. I don't know if he will. Yeah. Well, no, he he was he was moving around pretty well today at the stadium. Yeah. So it says uh, his most recent update. It's not clear if Jefferson will return from injured reserve when first el- eligible next week. Jefferson still needs to meet with doctors to determine his next step, and the team hasn't made its plans clear. Kevin O'Connell said he did not yet have the information about a potential return when asked Friday. All right, I'm thinking week twelve. I think week eleven is probably more likely. He'll re- he'll he'll get cleared probably tomorrow by yeah. doctors, and then he'll practice. He'll do limited practice all week leading up to week ten, and then full practice for week eleven, and he'll be active. 
Yeah, because he'll have that long week going from 10 to 11. Yeah. With the Sunday night game. Um, and then he'll have an even longer week. Yeah. Of rest and practice for week 12. But, dude, I think, dude, I just, I this offense can be really scary with a mobile quarterback. I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think their offense can get better. My issue is that their defense is not very good. Yeah. They they can tone in, you know, Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith. Yeah. They're they're the vets that can really control this defense and really step up and make plays for you. We we saw today we saw some really bright things from, from their defense against the Falcons today. Yeah, but they still yeah. gave up thirty one points or sorry, twenty eight points to an offense that wasn't running the ball well and honestly mm-hmm. wasn't really passing the ball well. I know we kicked a lot of field goals, but the fact that you're letting us get into that range when we're not playing well is not a good sign. I, I think the Falcons threw the ball just fine today. I, I don't think it was great. Yeah, it's not going to be Patrick Mahomes-level style great. I know. That's what a great passing game is, though. We don't have a great passing game. We have a pretty good yeah. passing game. And Drake London was out. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> and uh, speaking of we will see, um, first of all, yeah, like, that look comment. right there. Yeah, <laughs> I, do, I do the look into the camera every single time. And you know that because you're watching the YouTubes and you watch all two and a half plus hours of this podcast today to see me look into your eyes and tell you to share the podcast with all of the people in your life. Not just your dogs, but your classmates. Share it with your classmates. I know you're in class right now listening to this on Monday morning. Share it with your classmates. Share it with your teacher, your professor. That random person you just walked next to that tried to hand you some business card about some stupid information um, on your college campus. I'm sure they want to know about this podcast too. But they also want you and them to follow us on all of our social media platforms. They are showing right below us right now, all the social media platforms. You're going to join the Reddit. You're going to follow us on all those platforms. And then you're going to go, while you're listening to this YouTube and watching it, you're going to like, subscribe, comment turn on notifications then you're going to go over the podcast platform or you're already there listening to it you're going to follow us on that podcast platform you're going to rate us five stars but with that being said thank you guys for 100 episodes of second and short colin anything for the people we we couldn't do it without you guys you know we we love all of you yeah thank you guys for uh, all the support through these hundred and um yeah, we'll talk to you again at a thousand. Uh, <laughs> hey. uh, now we'll see you guys. Uh, I'll see you later this week. Colin will see you next week. Peace. Later.